Hey, welcome back to the Hellyhead Show. This is episode 107. I am your host, Skids. We got Gooch here. Hello, my friends, for the second time. Second time, we got uh, old Diamond in the Buff. Hello, my friends. <laughs> Diamond in the Buff. We've got no Cholo. And we've got... Hey, we have Mr. YGE here. Oh, this one's Ben Kana. What's going on, everybody? Is this thing on? Yeah. Thanks for saying something, man. We were just kind of just keep going. Yeah. We'll just roll past it. Dude, like, how the hell did you let yourself being talked into this madness? You got me. Crickets. Yep. I don't know. There it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this is the second try at this. Uh, this recording. is the second try. Yeah. Okay. So well, so we were doing a lot of banter the first time we tried to record this show. Mm-hmm. And it was because apparently now we got Mr. Universe on the show. Mr. <laughs> Universe. Huh? Yeah. That's all it you takes, man. You just pose. Yeah. Just pose a couple of like yep. beefcake pictures. I, and it completely messed me shit. up. I forgot how to record. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. Old diamond in the buff. It happens. You know. I'm trying to work on your on your looks, huh? Yeah. Mm. Posing. Yeah. You're a poser. I'm a poser now. Chicken and rice <laughs> and everything nice. Chicken and rice and everything nice, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, so Cholo is out. What, Cholo's what, out. What, what is this week like? I don't know. You know, because there's always an excuse. And are there any rivers in Florida or is it just the ocean? I don't know. He, the swamps and ocean. Swamps. I think he fakes being hurt because he wants to be CPR'd. I think that's what it is. Uh, oh, you think okay. that's like his kink? Yep. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's feeling lonely. He wanted some CPR from somebody. Mm-hmm. So he went to work. Okay. <laughs> he went to work. <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, oh. Yeah. He likes the yeah, pole. He hit. likes the pole in the fire station. Oh. Mm-hmm. Slide action. That's right. Mm-hmm. I've heard I've heard stories. Mm. Yep. I've seen he's got videos. a pretty good grip on it. I'm sure he does. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a pretty good grip uh, on it. Man. Uh, don't they all have to have a good grip? Yep. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yep. Man. So he's out. Yep. Well, we got okay. So I think we're there, aren't we? Are we there? We could, yeah, I think we're there. Yeah. All right. All right. So round two. Here we go. Uh, we've got. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody for downloading and streaming and listening to our podcast. We certainly appreciate each and every one of you. One of you. Gooch. Yeah. What you got? See, I don't like it when you change it because the first time we first had time, tiny, yeah, the first, first time we tried, yeah, Tiny went first. Well, I mean, because he's got some news. He's got news for this week's. This is all right. We can trade up. That's fine. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Diamond. Or is it trading down? Damn. <laughs> Shit. Uh, Damn. A little hurt right now. Damn. I don't even know if I want to do my weeks anymore. I quit. <laughs> No, I'm you know, no, not allowed. Right now, not allowed. Yeah, you're not allowed. Yeah, right. we, we're not going to get out of get you out of the contract that easy. Nope, not, not yet. Happened. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, so I guess for my weeks, we'll start with the uh, 
the the one that's not big news and scary and got me all worked up already. Um, mm. We'll start with the fact I've been messing around with the Nick Maxwell Nitro head, the two glow plugs. Nick's head. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I am absolutely loving. You and love I Nick's absolutely... head. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the game changer it is. Really? Yeah. So. The, all the jokes aside about OS and YS, I always knew YS had more torque. They're torqueier motors. They run. They're just more powerful, in my opinion. The only thing I didn't like about YS is the fact that they are very needing a good tuner, which is not me. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at tuning. That's fair. Uh, that's probably my biggest downfall with these nitros is tuning. I suck at it. Can't figure it out to save my life. I can get you close, but I can't get that like little extra bit. Yeah, that's why I got friends like Tom Shin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this two the two glow plugs really cleaned up that that motor. It makes it. It's not even like it gives it more power. It's running more consistent with the two plugs. So with it running more consistent, it feels like you're getting more power out of the engine. Which maybe you are getting a little bit more, but it's not night and day difference power wise. But the consistency. Yeah. Of that motor is wild. I mean, I'm throwing everything at it, and the tune is still a little rich because I'm trying to find the sweet spot on it because it is a little different with the two glow plugs. Now I'm getting a more uh, more complete combustion inside, being able to hit it from more than one place. Mm -hmm. Because you got the one plug that's straight, and then the other one's angled. Mm -hmm. It's all about the angle of the dangle. Yeah. I'm so running. let me ask you this: it, yeah. um, When you say consistent, um, and feeling like it has more power, does it kind of reduce that 105 sag that it has? Yeah, that's what I mean by consistent. Okay. So if you fly 105, you know what I mean. It's kind yeah. of got this. There's points in the flight. There's not even flights. I think it's like in the loading and unloading areas like when you're getting to the loading area it kind of like bogs down and when you're unloading it you kind of get the same thing in my opinion once you're once it's loaded and you keep it loaded they seem to be fine but it's like those in between areas it doesn't like mm, okay. with the two glow plugs i've noticed it doesn't even care about the in-betweens anymore it just runs it's like you just gave it a flat line and it just ran it hmm. i gotta try this absolutely i i'm running two eights um, on Nick's sheet, it has uh, eights and sevens, and then I know Nick himself runs sevens and s- like two sevens. Okay. Which, uh, if I'm right, sevens are hotter glow plugs, right? Yeah. Uh, on OS, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So two sevens, you'll probably even get more of like a cleaner run. So if you do, let me ask you this: um, Do you have to change the shimming? From the standard 105 shimming for, let's say, nope. if you want to run 30%. Good question. Oh, uh, so I'm running 22.5, and if you are if you have it stock shim for 22.5, uh, you can keep it the same. And then if you're, it's the same with 30. You don't have to change the shim based off, just because you're running two plugs. You keep the shimming okay. the same, depending upon what fuel you're running. Okay. So they made, they did kind of take that out of, that out of the equation, where you don't have to change that anymore. No. Hmm. So I yeah. think it's what uh, uh one millimeter for twenty two five. Yeah, I think that's. I it. believe so. Yeah. One mil, I like it. Yeah. 
but I'm you know, like, well, I'm, you know, that's the, let's let's tell the story. That's if you put a plug that works. Oh, you want right? Uh, it's actually oh. a good plot, right? Oh, you want the first story of when I first got this head? Uh huh. So I get this head, take the put this plug that was in the heli into that head, and then I had another plug that wasn't in a con- in packaging. And I was like, okay, like this plug pff, looks fine. Didn't think to test it. Put it in. I'm all jacked up. I get out of the field, drive all the way to the field just with the nitro, and I put my glow driver on. Sure, shit. I'm like, it won't start. What the hell's going on? I'm like, thing won't start. I put it on the lower plug, starts mm-hmm. up. I'm like, oh, maybe my driver wasn't getting a good, like, hit. Wasn't good hit. This thing, I spooled up. It all of a sudden sounds like a car misfiring. I'm like, <laughs> what in the fuck is noise is this thing making right now? And sure enough, I, t- I text Nick. He goes, oh, you got a plug that's no good. I'm like, it sounds that, like, off. <laughs> like, what? Mm-hmm. So when you have two on, it sounds super smooth. With one, with one plug not working, you can you can hear it it's wild at least at, at least there is a sign to to listen yeah for, you know you can hear you can yeah. hear when you can hear the difference between when one plug and two plugs it's, hmm. it's kind of interesting yeah hmm. yeah That's i like awesome. the headset bar definitely made the os not have that lagginess feeling which was kind of my complaint but i was like i can deal with it not being 100 percent on like a YS since I uh, can't tune worth a damn and I hate tuning mm-hmm. and I just well, need I just need an absolute CNC pipe right now and then this thing will be complete that's what I was going to say like that uh, Gregor's pipe and that head on a 105 it might be it might be worth might uh, be something worth uh, yeah try look you know just a look over you know like just try it yeah yeah, Lots. I would love to get one of those pipes too, man. The Gregor pipe. Mm-hmm. Yep, would love to. Yeah, I that's, just that's so awesome. I did see one out in the wild. Did, did you? you? Yeah, yeah. I saw someone take a picture of one, and um, yeah, the welds are a little, you know, not as clean and pristine, but I, I love it, it. I think it looks awesome. They're made yeah. with love. Yeah, I I like it because it looks like something for a hobbyist. And it looks handmade, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. So I dig that, man. I think it's cool. Listen, man, when we fly them, they're doing whatever we're doing with them. You ain't going to see those anyway. Yeah. Nope. I mean, some guy's going to samurai mine anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I already called it. I'm out of the 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 freaking demolition derby, you know, category. I'm, I'm good for a while. <laughs> Uh, you know, it makes God, me wonder, dude. like, if these welds will cause Kevin's hurricanes to slow down, mm. changing the aerodynamics. Oh, man. Yeah. Maybe. No way. Maybe. No way. Mm. Yeah, Gregor's won't... pipe is so powerful, it'll make it better. Mm. Oh, is it going to work like a uh, yep. little rocket engine with the exhaust mm. coming <laughs> hey, out? Hey, Gucci. Right. Around? Gucci, hey, Chris. Instead, of, instead of having to look straight up, we'll have to be looking behind us next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's yep. gonna have so much power. It's gonna go over us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. God, we're not gonna be able to see it really. We're just yeah. kind of gonna hear it, and then it's just like, where did it go? I don't know. Okay. Oh, no, it's... Well, give us an update. Like, what? What's going on with the Tri Nasty Nitro? Like, what did it cost you? Are we there? <sighs> like, to be honest, I don't even know if I'm gonna rebuild it. <laughs> it's. it's... <laughs> 
Well, that that's the thing is like I think the 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 easiest way so it doesn't I don't do it for like the next five months would be to just drop you know just do the conversion put it on the uh, on the uh, the three blade electric. Okay. Because um, I went actually went back and I did some more cleanup. And it's got the uh, head hub is bent. Ooh. Holy shit. Yeah. You bent a head hub? Yep. Damn. But funny enough is every single one of those, uh, uh, the uh, blade uh, grips, they're fine. Smooth as is a that, baby's butt. Is that one my head or is my head on the electric? No, your head is on the electric. I was about to cry a little bit. I'm like, damn, I put them <laughs> through war and Kevin just cleaned it off. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like that's, I, I think if I do it, but then I'm, I'm kind of having second thoughts where I'm like, eh, like I, I really just want a 700 nitro. Right. So I think first I need to probably build a new 700 nitro stock nitro. Like the. And wrong. then hopefully that re-energizes me enough where I'm like, okay, I need the three-blade nitro to come back. So let me but ask you this. Yeah, go ahead. If you had to put it back together, mm-hmm. would it be a rekit? Or would it be, how much money do you think it would be? So I, it wouldn't be a, a, a rekit. Because like the lower frames is fine. Uh, like I said, the hub is bent. But all the the grips are good, like not, not a, a scuff on them. So I think what it did is when he when he hit the ground, it pushed you know on that one blade grip that that bent the hub, that gotcha. you know the, the protrusion from the hub. So it's not a complete rekit, but it's just up there. Yeah. Right. So. And I, you know me, like, the problem is we've gone through the crashes, right? I, I, I know I could rebuild it, and maybe it's not going to be that, that expensive, like buying a brand new kit. But I just don't want to be chasing issues. Like, oh, yeah, it's still, you know, something ain't right. Oh, it's so, one of the, the radial bearings just <clears> out of nowhere. Like, even though it was smooth on the bench, right, it, it went out. You know, I just don't want to. I, do I so totally that was, agree. Yeah, that was you know. my biggest thing when I heard you guys were rebuilding. Was mm-hmm. I was like, "Damn!" I'm like, "Those things had such an impact." I'm like, "The mm-hmm. amount of stuff that t- our eyes won't pick up until you fly yeah. it. Yeah, that it's gonna be wrong, and then that's more stuff you have to order and then wait for, and that hell is down for even longer." Yeah. Well, and it's the, it it's the like same it's... thing with the 700 Nitro, the stock one that I crashed. Right? Is it rebuildable? Yeah, but I don't want to. You know, like I really don't want to. To chase have to chase crap, man. You know. Well, it seems like when you when you're talking about a three blade two, that just takes everything and multiplies it. Yeah, it makes it all that three much times more sensitive. Harder. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like I'm like all I know is that I definitely want a 700 nitro. Am I in the position right now to say, well, I it's got to be a three blade? Not really. Like I just like that size nitro period mm-hmm. you know so i think the plan is i got the 580 it seems to be doing good now so I'm, i got a 580 nitro i'm gonna build a stock 700 nitro but with a twist oh boy 
with, with a light twist to it. It's I a slight cons- twist. I'm considering putting a YS120 in it. Damn. <laughs> what? It might as well be yeah. an electric. So it'll be close. The only thing that I'm, I am, and we were talking about this a little bit, is I'm considering putting the 120 in it. It's a stock nitro, so the small transmission. But I'm thinking about trying to retrofit the electric boom onto it. If you if you make that work, let me know how, because I want I don't like the small boom. Yeah. So. Which really, ideally, what we're doing is like, well, aren't you kind of doing an HD? Yeah, kind of like fifty percent of an HD conversion. Not even. Right? That's like twenty-five percent. The only thing that we don't know, it's like, is having the beefier boom, is that gonna give it enough? What should? How should we say this, Kevin? Rigidity. Or- a, yeah, rigidity. Um, Availability of the frame itself to absorb that 120 yeah. vibration. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you think stock it can handle? I I, I I'm kind of at a point where I'm like I was thinking about just throwing the one because I have the one the 120 is sitting right here. The 120 is fine. The pipe is fine. So I was thinking about just building the stock and just throwing the 120 and just just one flight just to see if it's. <laughs> If you can't it handle it, then I'll just take it out and put a 96 in it. I think I could handle it for like three flights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And the, the good news is that I have like, I was counting the other day. So I have four um, Puma heads that I could literally have fresh rebuilds like just sitting there so after every five flights just yank the head off put a new head on just constantly ready yep so hmm. that's kind of what i was thinking so but yeah like that that three blade was i don't think neither me or kevin really were the winners on that one because well it, um so my situation uh thanks for asking um hmm. It's around, I would say it's around 600 bucks right now. Yeah. Really? And yeah. That's including the motor too or just the frame? That's just the frame. Oof. Yeah. So, so it, it was bad. But I am yeah. like, you know, basically uh, rebuilding all the spinny bits. Like I'm not, yeah. you know, yeah, I'm not messing around, you know, so it's, yeah, we're not, we're not playing that game. Because it's not worth the headache of, like Dan said, you know, chasing down some silly problem. Yeah. So. Dude, it's, yeah. Like, so I think in the end, you know, you're looking at the difference probably between buying uh, a new kit, right, and rebuilding it. You're probably looking maybe a hundred bucks difference. 150 at best. Oh, so might as well do the new one then. Because then yeah. at least the new one, you ain't chasing problems. Or right. yeah. you unknown. Well, that's yeah. why I wanted to just... I already have the electric, right? I know everything on it is fine, right? Yeah. And if it was able to handle 16S at 2600, I think it will be able to fucking handle a, a YS120. 
you know. So I was thinking of just taking that, and then if anything, I keep everything elect all the electric bits and pieces for the next crazy electric build. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, that that 14s triblade flies really good, and that's why I'm like, ah, should I even? It does. You know, I'm like, why would I? Why would I? You know, like, and that do thing's that. pretty, and that thing's pretty consistent too. Yeah, and I, I, I don't mind flying it. I fly it, you know. So it's not like because I can fly it on the lower head speed, and actually, I could, you know, just do big air, do some TikToks, and go up to the high head speed and do a couple, you know. So it's not like it's like I can't control it or anything like that. So I like kind of don't want to really get rid of that you know, um, for the near future. But then again, it's like, I, dude, I gravitate like crazy to uh, nitros right now. You know, so I don't know. I was just thinking about this. Do you mm-hmm. do you think this, the old 573 blade head would fit on the nitro? What are you, how are you going to fit the blades though? Aren't the blade grips aren't the blade grips on those the same as they're just stock blade grips, aren't they? They're not. Mm, in the five seventy, I think their the the root would be ten mil. Yeah, not twelve. Ah, oh. but I bet you like the all the measurements and stuff. So you could probably just take the hub. The hub will fit on the Puma head. And then you just put the grips on, you think? Yeah, you just put the black grips on there. From All right, I'll bring it with me next week. And then <laughs> you know? I'm wondering now. So, I have a question. Yeah. Um, did we completely, like for the last 20 minutes, sidebar Diamante's week from Nick's yeah. head? Yeah, pretty much. We went from yeah, we just head completely to went down a nitro rabbit hole. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Now, now you got me turning gears and wanting to make a Trinasty V2 out of a 570 head somehow. Because mm. that'd be but, sick. That'd be yeah. different. Nobody can copy that. I don't. Even, I tell I don't you what. Bring, have... bring, bring the head. Right, the hub. That's really all we need. Yeah, the hub and we need a spindle, which I think I have in the box. But like, if you have one, just Leave it on, you know. Actually, no, just don't even uh, just bring the the spindles that come with that head. Yeah. And let's do some measurements. Well, heck, we could put one of the blade grips on there and see if it if it takes it. God, if it takes it, you could have. That could be V two. Is this a, it's a stock raw, but lighter, but lighter, crazier, <laughs> different. <laughs> Dude, we got a problem, freaking nitros! I we swear. Do. So that's what happens, Kevin. It's all, all right, your fault. I know. I know. You know. I mean, I can't wait to get to your week so you can talk about something new you're getting. Mm, am I getting something new? Hmm. Mm. But but Tiny Diamond's not done yet. Okay. Diamond in the buff oh, has he needs more. To, yeah, he needs to finish strong. Well, He's he got needs some. to assert his dominance and like be like, "Hey, this is my freaking week." But, yeah, you know. yeah, but I, I was enjoying the nitro talk. This I've <laughs> been craving the nitros lately too, so I've been like all about that. This I has gotcha. been like nitro's been tickling my fancy lately. So 
Tickling your what? My fancy. Mm. It's fine. Mm. His bum hole. It's just a little guess, light tickle. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so my other part of my week is uh, something I was not expecting. Uh, I got the invite to go to the uh, Australian SmackDown. What? Yep. No so way. I, yep. I got the invite for their competition in that's next amazing. May. In May. And yeah. Okay. Yep. And that's that's a huge competition. Like it's got a, a some Every, prizes in there. Hmm. It's, it's got it's yeah. It's got everybody in it. Every big name guy is in it. Like Kenny Co, Vava, Nick Maxwell. Like it's crazy. They got I think CDs in it. Like you name it, mm. they're in it. And it's forty thousand uh, dollars. What you better win? Forty thousand dollars prize money in Australian. So oh, Australian um, money. I don't know what that converts to here, but I'm sure it's still quite a bit. Oh, Gucci's on it. <laughs> Hold on. Hi, team. Let's go. Okay, so 40000 you said? Yeah, 40000 Dude, that's still like $25,000. Damn. U.S. dollars. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's awesome. I'm excited for you, man. That's awesome, dude. Congrats. It's going to yeah, be man. fun. I think I'm more excited just the fact I got the invite. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. No, that's a, it's a big deal, man. So you already practicing? Actually, yeah, that's why I've been at the field so much. I got to fly faster now, faster, mm. and I don't know. Faster, watch, harder, lower, man. Yeah, mm. and I've been watching them fly, and it's kind of different than how when I first started competing was. We used to tie. It seemed like we used to tie everything together. So it used to be like, what? No matter what you did out here, like so. Let's. This the box. We'll call it a box. Whatever. No matter what point you are in the box, you don't want to look like you're just winding up for something else. You want to look like it all flows to, as one. Mm-hmm. If you watch those guys, it kind of looks like they just like, hey, like we do our Stop. crap right next. Everything's right in the middle. If it pushes me out, I'm just gonna do a hurricane come back, and I'm right back in the middle, set up for the next one. There's no like, oh, I'll do a pirouetting like funnel on the way back in, or oh, I'll make it this like fancy on the way in and do a weird transition and then come in. These guys are literally just like, all right, we come back around, and once I get to the middle, my maneuver starts, my next one starts, which is I think is how they're getting through everything so fast. I think that's mm-hmm. how they can add so much to one flight. Yeah, I mean, but dude, they just murder. It's just like full steam ahead. Like there's I'm no, I couldn't believe it. I was watching some of the videos from uh, China. Uh, yeah. I forget that event they had that uh, Danny threw. Mm-hmm. And it literally was like 100 miles an hour the whole flight. Like nowhere in that flight did that heli lose momentum. I mean, they mm-hmm. did like they do stuff where they stopped. And I don't know how the heli stopped and like did all this stuff. And then proceed to pick back up to 100 miles an hour pace. Like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But I'm pumped. It's going to be fun. Um, well, I wish you the best. Thank you. Yep. It's already Absolutely. stressful, and we're not even close. <laughs> I went to the field the other day. I'm like, damn. All right, we're screwed. <laughs> but the fun part is is it's uh, freestyle music. Mm, there is no okay. notes. Okay. So so ki- that kind of gets like the knowns is nice, but at the same time, it's like it's going to be fun because then everybody's kind of got their own like way of doing everything. Even if we all try to mock what's winning, it's still different. Mm-hmm. 
Do you feel like you need to travel to a friend who used to compete a lot and kind of work with them? You know what I mean? Yeah, I got somebody I'm going to travel to. Okay, nice. Yeah. Nice. Why, why you, want, you want to travel with me too? Dude, let's go. <laughs> let's you know what, go. Actually, you know what I'm actually really trying to do? I need someone to go with me to be my caller. Caller? Psh. You're going to have the whole, like, dude, half of the United States heli community is going to be there. Think so? Oh, yeah. There's only two U.S. pilots. It's only me and Nick so far. <laughs> Nick who? Maxwell. <laughs> oh, 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 okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I kid. Gosh, Jesus. You won't believe you in know? the wisdom. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, he must be getting really good lately. Uh, but no, yeah. yeah. So we you need a call. <laughs> yep. No, I think, uh, you know, like, you know, just, uh, I guess some of us are just waiting for our invite, you know, and yeah. we go from there. Um, I think it would be cool to, to, uh, to support the two of you, man. It'd be awesome. You know, I I heard I heard I don't know if I can say who they are, but I'm everybody here knows who they are. I heard there's like two people potentially going with us, mm-hmm. so I think it'll be fun. And I'm making a trip out of this. I've never I don't care. It's making a trip out of it. We're gonna go do stuff outside of flying at the field. Awesome. You can't you can't ride kangaroos, dude. Really? Oh my god! So. <laughs> 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 this is so this is so bad and when i got the invite one of the jokes we were saying because i think i was in california when i got the invite mm-hmm. uh one of the jokes we we're making was so like we're gonna go there and fight kangaroos like we're gonna see who can win nick <laughs> was you should totally punch one in the face and see what happens <laughs> yeah. it's totally gonna be like a fuck around and find out moment yeah yeah it might Square end really you. badly but as long as it's on video it's all worth it Mm-hmm. We don't win the event. That video is going to pay for the medical bills. Mm. <laughs> uh, you're going to post it on Instagram, yeah, and Snapchat. Uh, Flex and the old, yeah, yeah, and the uh, Helly Heads Only Fan. Mm. Mm. Y'all didn't See, know about that. That's where the money's going to be made, right there. Yep. Yep. Our only fans. <laughs> well, we can't offer good information, so we might as well offer. You know, some only bad information. <laughs> <laughs> some some alternative content. That's right. Yeah. Alternative content. Yeah. Nah, it'll be awesome, dude. You guys, it's gonna be a good trip. I I I know that. Yeah. So, yeah, but the road to practicing has already started, so it's it's already been a trip. You should like give like don't give away your secret sauce, but like updates in the future episodes here and there. Okay. I mean there's no real secret sauce to it. I mean, music, I guess, is kind of like the secret sauce. Mm-hmm. But um, the rest of it, I mean, yeah, we can go through it. I mean, I can we can do a whole thing about how the hell I'm trying to figure out how they fly with slowing everything down on YouTube and taking notes as Kenny and them fly to, like, figure out. I'm not even kidding you because, like, if you take notes on, like, how, what they're doing because the name of the game is to be whatever the guy in first is doing and trying to. Mm-hmm. Do it or add your own way to do it that the judges like. Mm-hmm. Now, I heard this one has crowd vote, which is also makes it fun because the crowd's involved. So you can do some uh, kind of like, 
I don't know, gimmicky kind of stuff, I guess, with your music. Yeah, like pump it up. Yeah, you can do like some little stuff. So, I mean, free oh, Lord, free the freaking car stopping and starting back again. <sighs> I want to do free falling, but I can't. I can't blade stop because I get so scared. Why do you get scared? Dude, every time I do it, it's either the hell is going to spool up or I'm going to have a heart attack before it spools up. <laughs> It's a race. Just make that the make that the end of the flight then. Yeah, pass down the field. <laughs> Land is square, like t- you know, like fence posted right onto yeah, the landing like, spot. Oh my god! Maybe we just need to give you somebody else's heli and fly that. Todd, there you go. Because I know it'd be it, those things wouldn't be missing a beat. Todd. Yep. Yeah, there's no questioning if Todd's helicopter is going to start back up. Yeah. There's a question of mine, and I just watched it tumble. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there it goes. It's a good run we had. Yeah, um, no, it would be cool, like, if you, if, if give, uh, we give, like, the listeners some, like, how you break things apart or whatever. I think a lot of people probably find it useful. Yeah, yeah, it would just, it helps just you for them, you know. It. Yeah, it helped people understand and learn too on how if they want to do a maneuver themselves. Yep. Because once you once you have a simple science to how you can break down and process stuff, it's any maneuver you look at, you can figure it out. Mm. Says you. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my weeks. Cool. Sisses. All right. Sisses. Who else wants to go? I'll go. Do it. So, really, the kind of been doing two. I did two like hobby related things. Okay. So, you know, the 580 Nitro was having issues. You know, come to find out that I potentially rebuild the motor, the YS60 that I got from Tom Shin, got a new tank, new plumbing. For no reason, because it was the RPM sensor, the governor sensor, and the throttle server was shot. Hmm. So, like, I was having issues with leaning out, and I rebuilt the head, I mean, I rebuilt the motor, so I put a new sleeve, new ring, cleaned it all up, and new bearing, front bearing, the rear bearing is not, it doesn't have a rear bearing, it's got a bushing in it. Right. And... Got it all in there, and it was still acting out. And I'm like, man, did I mess up the front bearing again? Because I'm known to do that shit. I don't sit it properly, and it's dragging. So I get the motor out. I'm looking at it. I'm like, no, like it's not. It's it's smooth as it could be. Put it back in, and then like I put it into a hover, and I start seeing the motor, like the the throttle servo, kind of bounce back and forth. So I'm like. Okay, that's not right. And I looked down at my RPM indication. It was like zero, one thousand, seven hundred, two hundred, zero. Oh wow! Yeah, and I knew I double checked like the spacing between the sensor and the magnets. All that stuff was good. Um, so I was like, you know what? It's time to do something gnarly. So I yanked the mini torque mini servos off the heli. I put full size standard uh, theta servos. So I had those uh, uh, 
398s, which are the plastic case right. uh, Theta servos. I put those on the cyclic, and then I took one of the torque minis from the cyclic that I took off, put that on the throttle, put a new RPM sensor on there, and it's rocking and rolling. Hmm. Right? So, so not sure what it was then. Probably sensor? I'm th- yeah, I'm thinking the sensor. So, like, I think the sensor was off. The The servo was doing some wonky stuff. I really think what was happening is that sensor, it allowed it to, it took it probably from zero to 100% throttle, right? Okay. Because, yeah. it, you know, like, that's what it does. It's If you watch it, it goes to a set point, and then and that set point is whatever your 1980, 2100, whatever it is. I think in this case, it literally, the moment you did anything, you, you went off of it, it just went to 100% throttle. Right. And it was just, it was a leaning mass, and it just, it did not like that. Um, so I ended up kind of redoing that, and now I finally have a nitro, you know, flying again. So I was excited about that. Flew it in front of my house a couple of times. I still want to actually do a little bit more governor work. I think in the process and all doing all these issues that I was having, I messed around with the governor gain and also all, all sorts of stuff. So I think I need to just uh, retune more or less my uh, governor settings to make sure that it's not doing anything crazy. Because right now it's like it seems like it's overcompensated, it's too sensitive to overspeeds, mm-hmm. right? So it cuts it down too low and all that good stuff. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to reduce my gain from the number that's in there right now, which I think it's like probably stock somewhere in a stock. I like to take like 10 points out of the governor gain. So it's not so sensitive to overspeed. So like the governor, in essence, what it's doing, it's going to let it overspeed. And it's not going to be like, oh, you're overspeeding. Let me adjust the throttle so you don't overspeed the motor too much. I really don't care because I usually don't let like I'm not out of the pitch long enough to like so this thing just you know, explodes itself. You know, I if I'm out, I'm right back into some kind of pitch, you know, going into my next maneuver with that 580. So, so yeah, nice. I've been excited about that. It's flying again. Um, I'm pretty much, like I said earlier, I'm getting a brand new raw 700 nitro kit. I'm going to build that. And like I said, the, the only thing about that one is like, I, I'm, really questioning putting a 120 in it Mm. so uh see how that goes okay the good the good news is um you know like even for that one when i rebuild it i have choice when it comes to servos i could either go with thetas or i could go with uh bk 9000 series servos so i have choice for servos um i just need a good you know 700 you know that that I, I I don't know my the one that I crashed, it wasn't because of a malfunction. It was, you know, from the helicopter. It was a malfunction in my head. Um, I got pretty close doing TikToks off the deck at the throwdown event in Ohio at night. So, um, and then the other thing that I've been doing is, so. I told you that I had somebody from the club had a uh, Goose Guy S two that he crashed we rebuilt right. it but it, the tail was just now it was doing all sorts of weird stuff just weird junk 
we're junk, right? So this whole time, like I tried, it was binded initially to the gray cheapo Goose Guy radio I came with. We had three of those radios. So I had one. It was the one that the the guy owns that he got with the kit when he bought it. And then uh, Jimmy Bobby had one. So I literally bound that heli rebuild to all three of those radios. The tail was not right. The uh, uh, the tail was not right. Uh, the 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 pitch curves were not right. The throttle curves were not. It was just weird stuff. Finally, binded to a spectrum with a little satellite connected to the flybarrels unit. Everything is good to go. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> if. You know, like if anyone wants to save it, just in my opinion, just based on what I experienced, maybe I'm doing something wrong. I don't know. That radio, if you buy the Goose Guy S2 with the little Goose Guy radio, gray radio, it's junk. Hmm. I can. I, I feel like you've that. said this before, though. Yeah. Me and him had a whole rant, I think, last winter about yeah. it. Yeah. Hmm. Those radios are junk. It's. Spectrum, it was like, as long as you have a way to bind a little satellite receiver to your radio, it's going to save you, you know, apparently months of headaches and some really? crashes potentially. Yeah. Wow. So I did that. So that was my last thing. I'm I'm kind of excited because we're going into the winter flying season. So it's going to be a lot of indoor flying up here. So the you know I'm getting all the micro helis ready to go. Nice. Yeah. But you have mentioned mm-hmm. that you might be coming into possession of something else. Yes. Tell so us about really, it. You want to talk about you know 2024, the year of uh, nostalgia? Let's let's talk about it. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, the other day when I went to get that satellite receiver uh, for Spectrum binded to the DX9 that I got, mm-hmm. I went to Jimmy Bobby's house. Oh, Jimmy Bobby. Yeah. Jimmy Bobby, like, I walk into this three-car garage, and I see this, like, it looked like a mini, it, like a, almost like a 10-gallon little barrel on a burner. Hmm. And it's like cooking, it's like water boiling in it. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, oh, you know, I got these like, you know, Chevy heads that I'm trying to get them unstuck and I'm just <laughs> cooking them in, you know, simple green and stuff. And I'm like, holy shit. Right. So he's dude, he's got he's got cars. He's got go karts. He's got RC planes, all sorts of stuff. Right. It's like you go in there and it's like a mu- it's a very unorganized museum. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so then he's like, well, let's go into the 30 foot or so uh, trailer, enclosed trailer that he's got, because that's where he keeps all the heli stuff, uh, all his big size airplanes that he's actually actively flying right now, RC airplanes. So we go in there and like, we're like walking around, like there's helis on the ground, there's planes up on shelves. And I see this beautiful, that just made me tear up. N5C, man. Mm, such a classic. Yeah. So it's a, it's doesn't have any servos on it. 
it, it's got a YS50 in it. <laughs> that so could be fun. Like, yeah, so he's like, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, like, he's like, I don't want to look at it anymore. So he's like, if you want it, you, you could have it. So I'm like, you sure, man? Like, I'll give you something for it. He's like, we'll figure something out. He's like, you could take it. Oh, and then he goes, I even got parts for it. So it takes out like a bin, like a 15-inch bin, plastic bin, that's just full of like skids and, you know, uh, pipes, skid pipes and plastic landing gear and just stuff. So he's like, yeah, you could have it. So I'm thinking I'm going to take that from his hands and for next year, I might rev- revive that. That would be fun. That'd be really fun. Yeah. So I think that will be, you know, like my my nostalgia. I know there's already people <laughs> asking to be the next RCHO combat. I should use that. No. Uh, yeah, no, dude. It's the the stock canopy. Remember the the it's oh, got yeah. a little bit of green, a little bit of orange. It's mostly white. It's it's what we had back in what 2013, Kevin. I think so. Yeah, I was around that time. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, I'm I'm excited. So I think we talked. We're gonna put some uh, rapids on there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some of the the flybard rapids, though. Yes. Right. So yeah, I think I'm gonna get that. Like if if he's gonna give it to me, I'm like I told him. I said we'll figure something out, dude. Yep. Um, I gave him a a YS91. Um, you know, like that's been rebuilt and everything else. So you wanted to give me that back that motor. I'm like, dude, like keep the motor. I'll take this heli, you know, like we're fine, you know? So, right. Right. So yeah, that's going to be, uh, I think my, that's going to be my 2024, uh, historical plated bird. <laughs> oh, it's going to be awesome. That'll be fun. Yeah. And then if the 50 is just not quite there, I have a 55. There you go. Yep. We had 55s in it. Remember like we yep. ran it with 55s. I don't think we, did we ever have, a nitro with a 15 it i think we've always had when i got into it like even my t-rex 600 was a 55 when i first got into the hobby uh and i was flying t-rex 600s i had a hyper 50 but so i had three of those did and, you but once That's i got you learn how to tune right yeah and then once i got on the 55 i never went back but yeah, yeah so but it should be cheap to like rebuild that ys 50 Oh, yeah, I would think so. Well, yeah, yeah, because you can still get parts. You just go you through RC Japan. You can still get parts. Yep. Yep. That would so, be yeah, awesome. That's my, uh, it's not new, but I think it's going to be something cool to clean up and just have some fun with it. Yeah, it needs to be the only, the, or the uh, N5C only fan telly. Only fan telly. Everybody gets a pull. Yeah. Well, if, if uh, you know, like, because, you know, there was, uh, I think it was Jimmy. Or somebody else was like, well, you know, what if what if you need parts? I'm like, I'm going to, like, Matt doesn't know this yet, but I'm just going to show up and knock on the door and be like, I need some parts. <laughs> Can you make me, you know, like a, a bearing, you know, uh, brace or whatever, you know, like, it, like I said, it's, it's all there. So, you know, bearings, those are standard sized. All that stuff should be pretty easy to figure it out, so. I'm excited about that one. I think it will be a good winter, deep, deep winter uh, rebuild uh, project. Yeah, I think so, too. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Congrats. And that's it. All yep, right. Yep. All right uh, there, Mr. YG, you got anything? 
Well, the only thing hobby related I've done in the last few weeks is the main topic of the show. So I'll save it for that. Other than, do you want us to tag team? Because I don't have anything either other than that. Do you want us to tag team the fact that we had a visitor? Mm. We can do that. Yeah. He cried all the way here. Mm. He's I just so, don't want to talk about it. He, I just don't want to talk about it. I mean, it so sounds like it was a great it's, time. Not. Uh, yeah, it actually was a really good time. It was a good time. Um, I ruined it, of course, uh, as per usual. Um, but. No. <laughs> I did. Yeah, it was, um, we had very, very good intentions of doing a lot of fun things, and I completely threw my back out, and um, so I was hobbling around and, and couldn't stand up straight, but, but we made the best of it. I think we had a really good time. Um, it primarily, I think, was based around uh, rebuilding a heli, but we're going to get more involved with that later. We did mess around with my Nitron just a little bit. Um, and of course, then we went to the flying field as well, and um, and so we got to I got to fly Cholo's uh, HD, and uh, and we of course we flew the heli that we're going to talk about tonight, and um, it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. So, what were you guys trying to do? Like, film a OnlyFans video, and you threw your back out? I mean, I mean, I know times are tough. Times are tough. I needed some money. Um, and Chris was like, hey, we can make this happen, you know. But he's like, I, I'm going to put it on my OnlyFans. And I was like, all right, if I must. Um, so he brought a camera and started snapping pictures of my feet. It was really weird. Yeah. And um, But, you know, I, I hope he's doing well with his financial endeavors. But uh, he had so much content to upload. That's why he's not here tonight. So. Mm. Yeah. Still editing. Crashed, yes. crashed the entire server. Yeah. It was kind of cool to <laughs> hang out with you guys via FaceTime. Yeah, that was fun. The four of us. Oh, yeah. 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 I was, was a little bit jelly. Fun. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, I remember when me and Kevin used to do this all the time. Yeah, every man. night. Yeah, dude. I don't know how we did it. Dude, it's so hot as balls now. <laughs> how did we do it? I mean, seriously, even Dottie and I were talking about it, and she was just like, She's like, how did you guys do it? She goes, it is so freaking hot out there in the garage. I'm like, I don't know either. Like, he would open the door, of course. I'm like, but still, it's like freaking nasty out, you, you know? You don't remember how many Mountain Dews and Coke Zeros we drank? Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, I, yeah I'm well aware. I, I weigh myself every day, and I realize what happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know how we did it. Like, that's why now, like, having actually the basement, and it's actually air-conditioned, or mm-hmm. it's heated, it's like... Dude, there's no way you could make me go outside. Yeah. No way. Well, I did go out there last night. Was it last night? I think it was. Um, and I did some wrenching on a heli, which we'll also talk about. Uh, but uh, it wasn't bad, but it's also because of the fact that it's, it's starting to cool down, you know? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, what was it? I mean, just even just like, what was it, last weekend or weekend before that he was here? I mean, my mm. God, it was freaking hot. And, it was um, last weekend. Yeah, I mean, it, but before then, for sure, like a month ago, it was just roasting out there. And I was like, there's no way I'm going out there to work on this Nitron, mm-hmm. you know. So I knew that it was going to have to be something I'd have to wait on till it started cooling off because I'm not bringing a nasty nitro inside the house. And uh, so, so yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I was just like, no. But 
But we did. Uh, and, and part of our story that we will tell about or tell you guys about is that we, we had to f- get a, a belt, didn't we, Ben? We did. And we yeah. had to go on a mission. It was a mission. Um, I, I, I don't know that too many people are. I don't even know what the right word is. Um, it's insanity for sure. Uh, that would drive three hours in one direction for a belt for a helicopter and then three hours all the way back for a belt. <laughs> one belt. We didn't get extra parts, just one belt. That's it. That was it. You didn't so, even think, like, maybe I should get another belt. I, the thought crossed our minds, um, but <laughs> an extra belt at that point, it was like, you know, I mean... If we ruined another belt, which again we'll get into, uh, then you know we deserve not to have another belt. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, oh, Ben? Uh... Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Took him a minute. He had to think about it. So, how are the seats in your car? Are they good? In my From car? That drive? Yeah. We we took Cholo's truck. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Get the, how are uh... these seats? The, so uh, the matchbox was vetoed immediately. Yeah. Uh, yes, which I'm glad. Um, but we did ride in the matchbox one time, and Cholo was trying to like side saddle the seat, and I was like, "This is the most absurd picture of three dudes in one car that small." And I was like, "Holy crap! Why did we do this?" Um, but. Uh, and then, like, if I even got into the gas even a little bit, Cholo was like, you just stop it. Stop it right now. Don't just stop it. I'm going to throw up. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude. This is coming from the guy who's like, I love powerful vehicles. Yeah, exactly. So get ready to defend yourself, pal. But, yeah, so he was, he was crying all the way back home after we stuffed ourselves with Mexican that, uh, that evening. And, um, you know, but... Uh, but yeah, totally took his truck to the field too as well and to uh, Charlotte to pick up the belt uh, for the heli that we we're going to talk about. But, uh, but all in all, it was a good time, man. And, and you're right. It was, it was a really fun time to have you guys on FaceTime with us and uh, do the, the simultaneous wrenching and, and stuff like that, man. It, was, the, it was really what's, cool. What's the odds that you throw us on FaceTime and every single one of us was wrenching on a helicopter? <laughs> Does that shock you, Chris? I mean, I don't know, man. Let's, let's talk lot. real talk here. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I answer the FaceTime and I just look over and the three of you guys are all in the same house, but you're wrenching on a helicopter. Gucci's wrenching, and then I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. I'm wrenching too. Yep. Yep. I was like, oh. We gotta do that. Like, we're gonna need that crit that moral support in wintertime. Cause those fuckers are gonna be warm and we're gonna be freezing. Yeah. And we're gonna be like wrenching. That's that's our common denominator for the wintertime. Yep. Yeah, sometimes I break a heli in the winter just so that way it's an excuse to stay in, indoors. Well, I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you this. The only way I'm going out there during the summertime when you need to give me support is if you keep a constant influx of bars of soap coming through the door because that's what I'm going to need going out there is a bar of soap well, because it's just disgusting. What if we made you like an AC tent that you stand in? <laughs> you so so well, Ben is... Yeah, Ben's been telling me to get one of those like portable AC units and, you know, induct the door or whatever, you know, and and I'm like, "Oh my god, dude." But mm-hmm. um that's too much work. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's uh, <laughs> makes it tolerable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so. we need to do Chris. So this is the plan. Okay. Chris is going to come to Ohio, right? So Amanda could see family. And me and Chris will take Breeze Airways from the <laughs> airport right next to my house to Charleston, direct flight, an hour and 20-minute flight. We come on, like, Thursday evening, yep. and we stay until Sunday when we fly back. Dude, totally Heck down. Yeah. You guys are welcome anytime. Let's do it. So this winter. Yeah. This winter, we got to do it, Chris. It's like 50 bucks for a flight, Chris. Yeah, like it's, dude. It's, it's, it's one of those. <laughs> it's it's lucrative. Cheap. For a flight. I kid, I, I kid you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben could tell you because we were looking at that. It's, it, it would be like round trip. It would be like, especially if we just like literally have one backpack, like really low key. It's going to be like $85, and that's with everything. Well, we're not going to be really low key. Well, that's how. <laughs> That's what we flew to come up to the throwdown. Oh, did you fly Breeze Airways? Yeah. 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 I didn't even realize that. Yeah. I thought you guys took, you know, like fancy American Airlines. First no, no, class. no, no. Make no mistake. I mean, our hotel was more than our plane tickets, but, <laughs> you know, I was not in and charge of the booking of things, so I paid the penalty. Well, we did. We did fly. Did we fly uh, up front? Uh, that's a really yes we did but I don't it still wasn't a whole lot plane? it's probably what uh, CRJ um, or whatever I mean it's two no, it's seats like, on either side right it wasn't like it wasn't three no. seats was it no no it was a uh, what is it they fly the Airbus 220 okay. a newer, oh, okay. brand okay. new airplane yeah yeah this is a brand new airline but that's all I was thinking. Like, make it like super easy. Like, backpack with clothes, and don't, I don't. I would, you know, even bring anything. Just show up. I don't give a shit if I fly or not. Just go hang out for. A oh, couple dude, days. we we got helis. Don't worry about that. Yeah, we got helis here. You say that now, <laughs> so you hear me practicing. You're gonna be like, damn, this kid can bring his own shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well that or be, just mail it to us, and then we'll mail it back. That works. Yeah. I mean, golf really cases. Like yeah. Maybe on that flight it might cost more. But a normal flight, it doesn't cost that much. Yeah, you could do that too. Just like, you know, well, maybe the batteries or, or whatever. I mean, I have nitro here, but, um, but uh, yeah. That's all I, do. I think that's my new way of traveling besides to that competition. Because I'm watching everybody else. I'm like, damn, they just empty their tank, just throw their heli in the damn golf case and go. Mm. I'm like, I'm over here. Having to, having to explain myself to TSA why I'm bringing two batteries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just for him to take it and use it in his RC car anyways. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Yeah, man. So that, Come on. We got to do it this winter. Just yep. keep it in the back of your mind, Chris. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Come down here and thaw out. You got the entire upstairs here to the house, and Ben can, can tell you it's, it's, it's enough room. Oh, there's plenty of room. Yeah. So, big TV on the wall. You guys will be all set. Mm-hmm. There you go. You can sim all night. Mm. Oh, man. You could. You could. Go back to high school. 
yeah. Go back nice. to, I was gonna say that's like that makes me feel like real old, like being in like high school and like simming all the time, and then you get done with school and you go to the flying field, eating ramen noodles. Yep. Yeah, mm, those were the days. Good, oh, time. good times. We could, we could hit some good barbecue joints too while we were down there. Whew, Melvin's baby, let's do it. Oh yeah. Okay, okay. We gotta stop before I like book the <laughs> yeah. plane ticket now Start. to go now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you I listen. I, I will get tomorrow. you chicken and broccoli if you really want it, but I mean, no, like you know, we're, we're going all in. Okay, chicken and rice ain't nothing barbecue. nice compared to barbecue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, You're gonna have them salivating all over the mic now. Yep. Yeah. Oof. Cool. Yep, All yep, right. Yep. Well, I think that was about it for our weeks, right, Ben? I mean, we pretty much that's that was what we did. We'll of course elaborate more, uh, but we do have some stuff to talk about, don't we? Yeah, yeah. we do. Okay. So, Chris, what we got? What's popping? What's popping? Oh, Todd is hopping. Todd He's is probably hopping. like I lost interest. Well, when you interest. guys started talking about three blade nitros and. You know, high head yeah. speed and whatever else he was, he, he tuned out. Yeah, he's that. probably like, I used to do that back in Nam. Like, what are they talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, we got some news. You guys ready for this? Let's do it. The first one's cool. Yeah. So, how about Radio Master released actually some uh, gimbals specifically for the V control? Are they quad bearing? Mm hmm. Are they really? I was kidding. Mm hmm. Wow, no, they seriously are. Yeah, it's so they're they're called the AG zero one dash V. Okay. So they already had AG zero one, which is for all radios, right? And then they, the designation of dash V is for V control. So it's actually a direct drop in into your V control. That's amazing. So plug plug and play. Plug and play, and I guess that's what Kenny Co has been using for all the competitions in the past year, two years, whatever it's been. This year he's been using it, yeah. Yep. $139.99. That's pretty good. I was going to say, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. The only so, thing... Yep. For, the only for thing a I'm set effect gimbals, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing I'm wondering is how long do you think it takes to switch them out? Well, if they're plug-and-play, it shouldn't take very long, right? Do you think you have to do any fine-tuning? With the, like... Recalibrate, recalibrate them, but... Yeah. Yeah. So you probably just got to, you know, take the old ones out, put these in, plug them in, and then you have to recalibrate the throws. Yeah. Right? That's it. And doesn't sound, based on what Kenny Cole posted, that is... You know, it's not no issues or anything like that. All the adjustments and everything, are, I think, are actually on the front, so you don't yep. have to actually open the case to get to like your springs or anything like that. Right. Oh, so, cool. so I think, you know, for 139 bucks, and you finally get your V control that feels like a Futaba 32MZ. <laughs> Just saying. Or uh, uh, or the free skies. <laughs> yeah, the FR skies, right? <laughs> that used that was so annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jimmy so, Bobby yeah. was like, Jimmy Bobby was like, you got your V control, but I got these at least. Yeah. 
so the next thing that I got on my list, it's also V-Control based. So this has been out for a little bit. I think I saw it maybe a couple of months ago, maybe two months. I don't remember exactly. But they actually have a new lithium-ion 14,000 milliamp 1S battery for the Mikado Touch or Evo. Holy cow. 14,000. 14,000. Insane. And it's 100 euro. I do not see in the States yet. Hmm, I don't know why. Um, the only thing is be careful like which one you buy because apparently the the I guess it's got some it comes the battery comes with some kind of a cage to lock the battery inside the radio and there's a different one there's different ones for the touch versus the Evo. Okay. Right? So just be mindful of that. But it's fourteen thousand milliamp and it's a lithium ion. Which I think is probably gonna hold on is it's Lithium ions tend to be actually a little bit more stable. Like it doesn't, they don't drop voltage, you know, when they get towards empty. Right. So I think they're going to be more consistent for that. So, I mean, I already like the people, most of the people run like the two six, uh, two six thousands right now. So you get like 12,000. So that adds another two, 2,000 milliamps of capacity. Yeah. I think this would be um, a lot safer too. Yeah, yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. So that's neat. Might have to look into that. Yep. So that's that's one of the so like it's the, so I got for my V control. I got my eye on the gimbals and this battery now. And then the third, uh, I guess, news is that in like middle of September, I guess there was an Evo Touch firm, firmware update. Um, it fixed some of the bugs. Didn't really quite say what bugs, but also refreshed some of the apps that go with the Evo. Okay, cool. Right? Yeah. So uh, keep an eye on that. Um, you know, I, I haven't really, I don't think I've updated mine for a while now. So maybe I'm due for, for that update. I just, you know, how it is sometimes. I don't want to mess with stuff that is okay. So. <laughs> Me and Ben actually updated our stuff um, this past weekend. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, So I think I am going to do mine this, you know, one of these days. So, and then the last, yeah, what? What, what? I was going to say, we actually did it because Mm -hmm. of YGE just released a new firmware. Mm, Go ahead and talk about it, Ben. So they, they added some features that previously were only available via the USB interface mm-hmm. that you can now have for the V control interface. And I believe it's on others too, but now you can directly from your radio. The biggest thing to me that they added was the ability to reverse the motor from the software, which right. is something that had not been available previously up to this point mm-hmm. and not, not on the USB software either. So, they added that feature. They added the ability to change your current limiter directly mm-hmm. from the radio. And one of the one of the other features that I saw that they added, it's not something that I've used before, but it's very interesting, is the ability to keep a battery 
at its previous unplug. So let's say you mm-hmm. fly a, you've got a 5,000 milliamp pack and you fly down to 70%, whatever reason you do a demo or whatever the reason may be, you take it back to the bench, you unplug it, the battery's got 70% left. Well, still got plenty of flight time in it. Instead of plugging it back in now and it going back to 100, you can actually enable an option that will allow the radio and the ESC to remember where it was at when it left off. So it's just going to put you right back to 70% again and you and you stay accurate the whole time you're flying after that. Dude, that's awesome. See, that's, that's what I was going to Yeah. That is awesome. You know, cuz like I know this happened before so exactly what you said is you you fly down to 70, you got to go use the bathroom. <laughs> right? What happens when you turn it back, you know, you connect it back up. It yells at you cuz it's not full. Right. And then you got to like, well, I was down to 70, I think, and blah, 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 blah. But this makes it, I just saw that today too. And I think I forgot who posted about it. And I'm like, that is legit. That's, that's helpful if you're, if it's like a fresh build or a fresh, like a Mm -hmm. hell you just rebuilt. Because sometimes you unplug stuff and you tweak something and then you plug stuff back in. And then that's Mm -hmm. nice though. No, 100%. Yeah, it's, it's going to be going to be very useful especially if you're somebody who likes to fly say a larger pack Mm -hmm. and you just want to put it down for a minute and go do something else yeah works out no i thought that was pretty cool that's awesome those were the those were the biggest the biggest changes that i saw on it and also yge has release their update portal so previously up till now to get your firmware updates you had to send an email to yge and they would release the firmware update for your serial number now they've built a portal where you can go in and register all of your speed controllers your yge speed controllers inside to your account Mm -hmm. and then all you have to do is log into your account log into the portal and request an update, and it becomes instantly available. So there's no more waiting. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because that was a pain, right? You had to plug your, your ESC to the to the software. Then you had to request it, and then when they released it the next day or whenever, you could do the update, right? That was the process. So now mm-hmm. they've, they've, they've sped that up and... It's it actually works really nice. That was one of the things we were playing around with last weekend mm-hmm. was playing with this new portal that they have set up and doing these firmware updates. So yeah, they've they did a big big release on that. And if you haven't updated it yet and you're flying a YG ESE, especially if you're flying with V control, highly recommend upgrading your ESC firmware to this new one because it opens up so much more that we haven't had before. Pretty cool. cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. What else we got? Anything left? I think there's one thing La- left. Last thing. Don't forget to continue supporting the Reyes family. Yeah, please. So keep any doing events. That. Um, you know, if you want to donate directly to the uh, Reyes PayPal account, um, they're they're super thankful. And there's there's more help to uh 
to give, I guess, because it's uh, it's a slow going process. Absolutely. And thank you to all of you who have given. And uh, I mean, they are absolutely overwhelmed and certainly thankful for all of you people who have supported them through this, you know, horrific time, uh, a time that they wish they didn't have to go through. And, uh, you know, it's it's important that we as a community help these folks out because uh, they, uh, you know, they would rather not to be in this situation, correct? So, um, but, you know, your help has been very, very helpful. So, thank you. Right. All right. Anything else we need to add? That's about it. All right. Let's take a break and we'll be right back. What's up, Big Raw? What bat are you running, that three-blade monster of yours? Oh, the Trinasty? Oh, nothing but the best. Maniacs! What type of head speed you running? All the head speed, 2,500, baby. <laughs> Full send! Maniacs! Top-of-the-line batteries for RC models look no further than Maniac's batteries. These batteries are designed to provide exceptional power delivery, and with proper current mains allow these batteries to last hundreds of cycles without showing wear. And thanks to their low internal resistance, Maniac's batteries stay cool even under full load. And with a USA service center and a one-year manufacturer's warranty, you can be confident that you're getting a high-quality product that will outlast the competition. Still included is the six-month crash replacement discount off 30% off MSRP. Give them a try and see for yourself why they're the go-to choice for serious RC modelers. Maniacs! Alright, welcome back. Uh, we've been talking about this for a little while now. We got a review for you. We got the uh, Tron Advance, or Tron 7.0 Advance to be exact. And uh, we're going to go through what uh, we experienced with this. First and foremost, of course, I would like to thank uh, Yakim and of course Dario, as well as Ricky from Tron Helicopters have been more than generous with us and helped us out getting the kit. We did pay something for it. Of course, it was not full ticket, but we asked them if we could do a review, and of course, they were more than accommodating, and it was amazing that they are allowing us to do this and uh, put their products in our hands. So we're very appreciative of them allowing us to do that. So very excited. Um, we have some pretty fun things to talk about with it. Uh, no fault to the kit, um, but we have some pretty funny stories for you as well. So uh, let's get cracking and get right into it. And here we go. All right. Let's do it. So this started out as a project for me and Ben here. And me and Ben, uh, we saw this Tron Advance at uh, Heli Extravaganza. And it was one of the helis that was entered in the auto contest. 
And we got looking over this thing and we're like, holy cow, this is a really beautiful kit. And there's a lot of cool things about it. Uh, and so Ben and I were both like, we really need to look into this. So hmm. I ended up getting one uh, via Yakim. He was being, of course, like I said before, very generous to help us out. And didn't take long to get here. And so Ben wanted to be a part of the build. So we kind of broke off and uh, he was building the head and swash and I was building the tail and the, you know, the tail grip uh, or, or blade grips and the tail assembly and, and all you know, the tail boom and the belt and whatever and stuff, all that stuff on the tail section side. And, uh, and then I think Ben ended up going out of town. And so I had to then kind of uh, finish everything up from there with the frame but then when Ben came back, you did you did the um, uh, the wiring and the sort of the setup and stuff like that, right? Yes, yeah. yes, I did. So um, I gave Ben the fun stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, I got out of work. Okay, got it. Yeah, okay. yeah. But uh, before we get to the fun stuff, should we go through what we found and uh, what the build was like? Sure. We absolutely can do that. So oh, right. I think first we need to highlight the main differences between a Tron 7.0 and the 7.0 Advanced Kit. There's yes. two two parts that were upgraded for this. The first one being that they went from a a, a slant helical cut main gear to a herringbone main gear and we'll we'll dive into that in a little bit yeah and the other difference was they added an automatic tail belt tensioner which is really cool the way right. it works i think and we'll talk about that more in the build series too but those are the those are the two big differences between a tron 7.0 and a tron 7.0 advance right so uh per Yakim, uh, he basically was saying the key points are the herringbone gear, as uh, uh, Ben mentioned, also the belt tensioner, as Ben has mentioned, and it also adds the supersonic mounts, which came with the Nitron. I was not aware that the 7.0 did not come with those, but apparently that was an upgraded point. Uh, it's also a new canopy design as well as uh, water-based stickers, or as we know them as decals. So you use you know, water to transfer these stickers to certain places uh, on the kit. So uh, to give it more of that uh, semi-fusion sort of design that they were going after. So those were the big things. Um, uh, there are some uh, points about it that um, he mentions here uh, that when, I, when we were talking about it. Uh, he says there's, of course, those little steel inlets on the blade grips, uh, which makes it very beefy. beefy. Uh, of course, the pivot point in the center hub, which, uh, you know, is also, uh, I, think that, I think that was on the 7.0 as well, but uh, carried over to that. And, um, yeah, they the battery. also mentioned that you can remove that pivot if you desire to change the feel of the, the head damping. Right, right. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know that I would want to do that. Of course, we'll talk about this again. But, um, but yeah, that, if you're somebody who's flying lower head speed, I think that that might be 
something that would uh, definitely be okay. Higher head speed if you fly like an idiot like me. I don't know that's something that I would want to do, but um, but it is cool that you can remove that and have a different, um, I, I guess we'll call it what it is, a different dampened feel in the head, right? So, um, but yeah, of course it has the battery rails, uh, which are very precise, it eliminates the shaking and, and things like that whenever you're loading in, in and out batteries. And, um, but yeah, so uh, I think those are some of the key points of the 7.0 Advance versus the regular 7.0. And uh, of course, Ben, you were the one who put the head together. So why don't you go through that? And, uh, and of course, the swash plate as well. Maybe we at that point could talk about something funny. <laughs> Key pro build tip. Yeah. So for the head, the anodizing on it, it's a it's a black anodize and it's it's near flawless. It looks amazing. It's got a nice gloss finish to it. The head when it goes together, it right out the bat, it didn't have any sticky or rough or hard to turn anything. It felt like it was already set in and ready to go. There the dampers inside of the head. I liked putting it together because they were these nice, big, thick O-rings. They were easy to handle because you know, your hands are always covered in grease when you're building a head. So they were actually really easy to handle and to get into place. They didn't, you didn't have to like squeeze and pack them in. But at the same time, they didn't feel too loose. It, it was it was a perfect fit inside for the two O-rings out of the box. It comes with a 90 and a 70 shore stack with a 90-90 stack being optional to purchase. The spindle bolts really caught my attention because, for one, they were like, it's like three-quarters of an inch long. Nice, long, grip, uh, threaded area. You get a lot of surface area in there to get a nice and secure fit. And the bolts themselves instead of having a standard hex nut and a washer it's a flanged bolt so it almost has like this washer machined into it so it's just one piece right just a little bit less lower parts count a little bit easier to deal with you're not trying to line up the washer in there too so makes it slightly easier to work with right so for our UK friends, uh, it's it's actually a 15 millimeter long bolt, which is pretty long. So there's a lot of bite there. And it's a very it's it's a nice and fine thread, so you get you get a lot of contact in there. It's not worried about that bolt anything happening to it. Right. Exactly. Yes. The blade grip arms mount on in a uh, two mount process with a key in it and uh, i like them because they there's it only goes in one way they can only fit one way and it's nice and nice and secure when it's yeah. all put together the uh the key part of it of course keeps the blade gr or uh pitch arms from not uh being tilted in any kind of way they they're you know it's 
It's always going to be true when you put it together. Not saying that other companies don't have something similar like this as well, but uh, th there's no chance for it to be sitting, you know, crooked or anything like that, that that you can't see with your eye. You know what I mean? And when you go to start doing your setup, you might have one blade grip that's out, and it's because that pitch arm might be slightly skewed just a tad. Where with this, it's not possible because it's it's a keyed fit, and the screw runs in and holds two screws actually, and it holds this in place where it's impossible for it to not be, you know, uh, zero pitch. You know, when you're when you're getting to that point. Yes. The blades go right in. You do need shims with most normal 700 size blades. But those it's a standard shim setup. They, yeah. The uh, lock nuts that came with the kit, the nylock nuts that came with the kit, are. I was surprised at how, how much run-on torque they had out the box. So they're very, very secure. They were. They were a lot more snug than, I think, what we're used to from other kits, right? Is that what you're getting at? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. I totally agree. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else about the head. Uh, it is a pinch style head. Uh, even though it has the bolt that runs through the main shaft with the lock nut, you do have two pinch bolts. Pretty common. Uh, so obviously you're going to wait to Loctite those towards the end. Um, but, you know, again, it's pretty standard. Uh, but the swash is where, uh, you know, we... We were talking with, or I was talking with Kenny Hutton, and that was one of the things that he mentioned in reference to the uh, Nitron. And he was like, make sure you Loctite every bit of it. And of course, with this kit, it is no different. And I mean, Chris, I don't know, you, you put one of these together too, even though it was a 7.0. So if you have things to add, by all means, please uh, interject. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, the swash for sure. Every bolt, not just some of them. If you see a bolt, you pull it out and you put Loctite on it. However, I do want to talk about the front of the swash where it's kind of a pinch style swash where you're running a screw through and tightening it down, which then it clamps it around the bearings themselves. Uh, you have to be careful with that because if you run the screw too tight, now you're binding the uh, the bearings and the swash itself. It's very difficult to move because you're you're you've squished everything so tight that it it can't run free. That's so, what I did. Did you? Yeah, because I yeah I had too tight, and then it was like the, I literally was like my servos were struggling to move the swash, and I was like, this can't be right. Right. Yeah. So it it clamps down pretty hard. So you have to run it in, snug it up, but keep checking. The swash to make sure that it spins, tighten it a little bit more, see if it spins free. And as soon as you tighten a little bit more where it begins to tighten, you need to back it back out. And then you need to let the Loctite do its job. All right. So that is one important. If there is anything about this kit, that one bolt will ruin your day. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So, um, do we want to talk about that now, or do you want to hold off? 
Well, we're already there. We can talk right. about it. I was going to say, so. talk about it now. You're here. Let's All go. right. I'm ready. So that was... <laughs> okay. Now, let's be fair. We're all used to SAB kits, okay? And a lot of these bolts on the swash uh, are pre-Loctited. And there were a couple on this swash that I noticed, especially when you flip it upside down, the two or the uh, three, sorry, uh, screws there, they were definitely, uh, there was Loctite. But on the top side, you have these, you know, top screws on top of the swash. Of course, you have all the balls. And then you have this one screw that runs and sort of pinches the swash, right? So none of those had Loctite, right? And when Ben and I went to go fly this helicopter for the first time, that one screw that pinches the, the swash together, uh, I, I believe that that was the one that we missed. So we got, what, four flights out of it? That was four or five flights. Okay. So at this point, me and Ben are 100% sold on this heli. Like, it flew amazing. Now, just so you know, we were running 713 blades as well as like 115 or 116 type tail blades. All right, so very large blades. We were running our highest head speed at 2250, and it was an absolute animal. I mean, it flips and rolls very quickly. And for being a heavier helicopter, I say heavier, it's not really, it's only 12.1 pounds, which That's is pretty bad. standard. Yeah, it's pretty standard, but we're going to cover that too. But it, it moves very quickly for its, for its weight. And uh, so the, the last flight, we were beginning to, well, no, before the last flight, but we were beginning to kind of like try different blades just to see what was going on. And, and so I think we ran the 721s, the SAB blades, right? And we, we didn't like or care for them as much at lower head speeds, but when you spin it up, it becomes pretty lively. And so I didn't mind it so much with the higher head speed, but, but Ben doesn't necessarily always fly at high head speed. He's, he's around 1,800, 1,900 usually. So I wanted to see what it would do, so I flew the first part of the flight. This was the last flight, by the way. Uh, and I flew it you know, around 1,800 for about a minute or two, flipped it into bank three, and just proceed to absolutely murder this helicopter. To the best of that I can, mind you, okay? So I'm beating the shit out of this thing. And I go in for this like crazy high head or overspeed and the tails, yeah, I mean, just going ballistic. And I pop out of it, I spin it around, and I start doing some pirouetting thing and go into hard rainbows. And all of a sudden, it just starts spinning by itself and just wads up midair. So brand new heli, <laughs> and we had to watch it fall. So just kaboom, it midair ruined my day. I was like, "Fuck, bro!" You know. <laughs> so okay, let me, let me, I went let me full blown Manny Nito. I was like, "Fuck, bro!" I mean, just... let me add a sidebar in here too because at the field, 
right before he took off, another car pulled up. And it was a couple. Uh, it was it was a couple who had come out. I guess they were. He was the 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 man that came out was looking to get into RC. Yeah. And he was he was checking out our helicopters and everything. And he's like, no, 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 I can't do this. I'm just gonna I'm, I want to look at airplanes. And he was watching. He was watching one of us fly. I think it might have been me flying. There's nothing nothing exciting there. But then he was standing around, I was kind of talking to him, and Kevin grabs it and goes up to the line. I was like, all right, you need to watch this. So he proceeded to watch this whole flight, including watching this thing ball itself up <laughs> midair and fall. And he was he was just kind of standing there like... Like, did he mean to do that? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he was just kind of at a loss for words. Yeah, well, we all were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was hearing some uh, interesting noises coming out of that helicopter. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, so it balls itself up, and I'm like, things happen so fast that it's like you all of a sudden it's like you do a mental dump, and you're like, I don't know what just happened. I have no idea, right? And sometimes it's easier for somebody who's watching to understand what just happened versus the person who's in control of it, right? And so. I'm at a loss for words. I'm disappointed. I'm like, holy crap, I just ruined a brand new set of blades because the 721s we had were brand new. And literally the first first flight. So maybe maybe second flight because Ben flew it. That's right. So it's two, two flights on those blades. And I'm just horribly disappointed. And I'm trying to, to be cool about it, but I was not happy. I was like, fuck. Because here we're supposed to be recording, you know, the, uh, the review show soon, too. And I'm like, how are we going to pull this off? I just freaking ruined the one thing <laughs> that's going to make this show go. And so um, Ben really stepped up. And he was like, no. He's like, the show must go on. And he literally at the field, I'm pretty sure anyways, right? We start figuring out what it's going to cost. And you have to understand, this is not a typical crash, right? This is a very extraordinary crash. It, it shouldn't have happened. And so he starts going through the parts. And that's when we started looking bit by bit to see what we needed. And all of a sudden, I noticed the swash was like filleted open and that screw was gone. And not, not, not ripped out. Missing. Right. Missing. Yeah. The threads were fine. And I was like, holy crap, Ben. I'm like, do you think that this is what, what this did, you know? And that was our conclusion is that we came to is that we didn't Loctite that bearing or that uh, screw and the swash began to let go, especially how it looked in the air when it was wadding itself up is that's what it looked like because I lost control of the head. Like it just didn't, I was like, I don't have this for some reason, but it's still kind of responding, but not really. You know, and and that had to be what what went wrong, and it was just catastrophic after that. Like the blade just chopped the boom off, which lost the tail, and and it just yeah just was done. So we start going through the, all the parts list, and we start getting kind of to a number. And again, like you and I, we talked earlier, Gooch, about you know you get to a point where it's like you don't know 
really what you're looking at, or maybe Chris said it, you know, it's mm -hmm. almost like you feel like you should just build a new one because then you're just going to be chasing your tail, figuring out, you know, what, what, what's wrong now and whatever. And due to the fact that we knew we had a review coming, we were like, what do we do? And of course, I, the price was pretty high. It was, I don't know, 500 bucks or something in damage. Like it was awful. It was catastrophic. And the frame was fine. Like it actually, That's the entire, for, yeah. For all that carnage, the frame was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty remarkable. Same thing as the Nitron actually being yeah. struck, you know, with, with the midair. And uh, so that is pretty cool, actually. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, um, it got pretty high. It was like 500 bucks, 600 bucks. And at that point, Ben was like, dude, we might as well just buy a new kit. And I was like, I can't just spring for a new kit. Are you kidding? I'm like, my wife will freaking skin me alive, you know? Filet me. Yeah, like exactly. That. She's like going to spread She's going to spread my swash. <laughs> 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 so, uh, so Ben's like, I'm going to do it. I'm like, you're going to do what? He's like, I already got one on order. It's coming. I'm like, shut up. And so literally we overnighted this heli. Like we, yeah. Because Chris was coming to town and we wanted Chris to fly it, right? And that was going to be part of the review. Of course, he can't be here with us tonight. He did fly it, but, uh, but yeah, we're like, we got we to gotta figure this out, you know? And so we did. We got a new kit, and I said, we're changing out every spinny bit, every bit of it, whatever we got to do, right? The frame was fine. All the servos were mounted. The ESC was mounted. The motor, you know, we changed the landing gear, the entire tail section, the entire, like, main drive system, you know, with the, the um, main gear, auto gear, head, you know, uh, swash, main shed, whole, whole bit, right? And I even think we might have changed out the pinion, too, because it, it kind of, I mean, it was bad. Like, it ripped the, the gear Damn. apart. and Oh, it was the freaking. Pinion? Oh, yeah. Like, it, it damaged the pinion. No, the, the pinion was good on that one. Was it on that one? It was fine? It was, it was the other one. Oh, dear Lord. Okay. Yeah. What? Okay. We're getting there. We're getting there. There's another one. Dude, you don't know the half of it, all right? So <laughs> this has been... Yakim. if you're listening, man, I'm really sorry. We, we, <laughs> we, we really freaking screwed the pooch on this one. But um, So the kit comes in. Immediately, we're like rebuilding this thing as fast as we can go. You know, because Chris is coming to town. We want him to fly it. And of course, you know, maybe Ben went out of town. I don't remember, but I know that I was like building stuff like mad to try and get it, you know, back together. And we almost got it done, except there was setup left, right, Ben? Something like that? Yes. We had to redo, we had to rebuild the pitch linkages and redo the setup. Right. So. I'm trying to remember here, Ben. You have to help me. But so we almost get this thing together and we then reached another problem. But I don't know if you want to go into that now or if you want to wait. I mean, again, we're here. Maybe we should just go ahead. But I'd say just go ahead. Let's roll with it and then we'll continue the review on that. But anyway, so <laughs> so something happened. Chris is here. Of course, anytime Cholo is around. 
you know, I mean, he's talking shit to somebody. So we're all distracted, goofing, having fun, you know, whatever. And we're trying to put this heli, like, finish it up because we want to fly it the next day. And so something happened where the boom didn't quite get all the way inserted. So I think, Ben, you might have been trying to get it onto the rotation gear, auto rotation gear. And I noticed you're using like a tool. And I'm like, you know what? Ben is a smart dude. I, I'm not going to mess with him, you know. But I thought, why is it so tight? That's what I was thinking, you know, while this is going on. But then He's ben talking got about a, the tail belt. The tail belt, sorry, yes. So we're trying to get the belt onto the tail, the auto rotation gear. And he's using a tool to kind of get it on there. And it seemed really excessively tight. Um, but then Ben got like a work call. He steps out. And Chris all of a sudden stands up, Cholo, and starts working at it. And all of a sudden, I see like light coming through the belt. And I'm like, what the? He, and then Chris noticed it. Cholo notices it. And he was like, is this the old belt? I'm like, no. The, the, the old belt was, I snipped it with, you know, wire cutters to, to get it off. I'm like, that belt's in the trash. I'm like, what's wrong with this one? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, but it's not right. And so I started looking around. And at some point during the assembly, we managed to sever this belt like long ways. Not in half, but it had like this shred cut in it. And so now we're like, fuck, bro. You know, like just, <laughs> we're trying so hard to fly this heli, you know, to get the review going as well as have Cholo fly it. And we're like, what the fuck are we going to do, man? You know, like, what are we going to do? So Ben is total quiet now. And he's on his phone. I'm like, what are you doing, Ben? He's like, I'm going to overnight a belt. <laughs> so we are in the process now of trying to overnight a belt from Thursday evening and get it here by Saturday, right? So we're like, whatever. It's Friday. We'll find something to do. Uh, hang out, you know, whatever. Saturday, we'll finish the build. It should be here by noon and we'll fly it in the afternoon. And I'm like, what the hell, you know? So then Cholo, he's like, hey, isn't there an A-Main Hobbies, like, in Charlotte? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, well, I mean, they, they let you come and pick things up. And I'm thinking, like, really? We're going to, this, this is what we're doing? We're going to go drive to Charlotte to pick up a tail <laughs> bell? I'm like, we're not doing this. And all of a sudden, Ben and Cholo start talking. And I'm like, okay, apparently we're doing this. So we managed to call A-Main Hobbies. God bless those guys. And they managed to like route this where they found out they had a handful of them at the Charlotte you know, location, which is just a warehouse, mind you, okay? It's not really a storefront, you know? It's just a distribution center. And so Ben gets it worked out or whatever that, you know, they're going to hold on to it for us and we can come pick it up. We kept the one that we we're having over overnighted, you know, still in play, just in case something happened, right? Get up the next day, we get on the road, we're riding to Charlotte, we go all the way to Charlotte, we pick up one belt for $25, <laughs> and we drive all the way back to Charleston 
for another three hours. So we were gone the entire day. But long story short of it is, is that we got that one flying and it was ready to go for the next day. So our Friday was just a hangout day, riding in you know Cholo's truck all the way to Charlotte, come back, put the heli together, and now we're ready to fly it on Saturday, which the weather ended up cooperating, I, I think, if I remember right. Um, yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. So it, uh, it all worked out. We got it together. Uh, the only downside was is that we were using 713 XF blades with 106 tail blades or, or 105, whatever they were, 106, 105, something. And it wasn't quite as happy. Um, it seemed as if it needed a little bit more tail authority uh, because obviously the first go around, it was like perfect. And we had, we were, but we were running 116 tail blades. So this time around, it didn't quite feel as good as the first go around, but I think it was more so because of us, right? So I, I agree. I yeah. agree with that because it, it just that that 10 extra millimeters swinging those seven, seven, 10, seven, 13 blades were it made a big difference. Yeah, you guys, didn't, you guys didn't have a smaller main set to try. Not at the field with us. I think that was part of the problem is that we we left our blades at home. We were going to use Cholo's blades. Uh, he had a set of 693s, but he was really worried about one of the roots on one of his blades. I guess it had like a pretty significant dent. And he's like, flying it on nitro, he's like, I don't care. He's like, flying it on a high power electric, he goes, I'm not so sure that I would trust it. And I was like, okay, well, you know, not my blade. Not my heli at this point because it was Ben's. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to go with the flow here and you guys, let's just decide whatever you guys want to do and it's totally fine. So um, it still flew great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and and it, it flips and rolls really quickly, which is awesome. Uh, but, but it definitely had sort of a, I mean, the best way to describe it is it just, it kind of had an authority problem you know or it just didn't feel quite as locked in as day one right yeah just little mushy tail syndrome yeah so but anyway so that was the uh long story of it of our experience uh <laughs> of of trying to rush to get this review done for you guys um i have since ordered another advance through yakim and so i'm working through that one and you know, obviously, once we get that together, we'll be able to really, Ben and I will be able to go back to back and kind of, you know, see um, things that we need to work through, you know, and kind of, because I guess the, the part that I didn't really make super clear was, is that we took the frame of the first one, like I was saying, and we just added all the parts to it from the new kit, right? We didn't build a whole new kit. So, oh, so you just took what? was yeah. not broken with the other kit and then added what was need to be replaced. Right. And so we did check all the bearings, you know, I mean, we were very thorough about it and the entire tail section was brand new head swash, main shaft, you know, gearing, all that stuff was new as well. Uh, but again, you know, it's like it, it hit the ground, you know, like, I mean, it, maybe part of what we're feeling is from that, but 
that's why you know I now have one as well. So we're going to kind of do some back to back and do different blade testing and you know stuff like that too to kind of uh, still give some kind of review later on. You know, um, and and let people know what we've found. So. Well, you know, it wasn't just the review that made me want to jump through all those hoops, too. I actually really enjoyed flying that thing. It it was quite remarkable. I know it, it floored both of us. We, I don't know if we really went into it with any kind of expectation, but it was, it was definitely shocking. It was like, wow, this is way better than I thought it was going to be. And, you know, you get used to SAB helicopters and, uh, you know, other helicopters... You tend to be in a league of their own, you know, where SAB is in a league of its own. And when you go and try something different, I, I think you try to compare it, you know, to other helis and, you know, whatever. But but this one, it really, it, it stood alone. And um, I, I still think that the Spectre V2 flips and rolls faster. <laughs> um, I don't know that there's too many that flip and roll as fast as a V2. Uh, but also depends on what you like. If you don't like that, then it's not good for you, right? But if somebody like me, I, I, I like the way the V2 flies. But this is pretty close. Like, this definitely has some characteristics. And, and Chris, you've flown both, I think, too, so you might be able to chime in on V2 to Tron, you know. So. Um, the Tron, the thing I like about the Tron is the Tron kind of has that, like, locked-in feeling. I think it's because it's got the weight, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So and the the Spectre V2 is lighter, is that right? I believe so, yes. Yeah, so it's sub-12 pounds, where this one was like 0.1 over. Yeah, but those... Uh, I, I haven't flown the Advance. Uh, I flew... When I flew the Tron 700, it was like when they first came out. Okay. But I don't know how much changed, uh, unfortunately. I didn't keep tabs on that. Uh, but... I mean, even then, it was still a really good flying machine. I I know that they did update some stuff from when I flew one last. Um, for the way you guys are talking, the kits still show up the same. Everything's pre-built, and then you just take everything apart and put it back together. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, which I think... Okay, so I know Cholo's not a fan of that, but I think that's good for somebody who's never built a heli before because if it's already built, all you have to do is mimic exactly what you just took apart. I, I agree. I agree. Yes. But yep. uh, flying-wise, I think that machine just has a better like locked-in feeling. Now, granted, the V2, uh, Nick Maxwell edition, that thing rolls and flips like it's on a straight line. Like, you can't... I think you could have the swash play crooked and somehow still roll in a perfect straight line. Doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think you could broily bosh that swash play and it still rolls perfectly straight. But Tron... It's, it's up there. It's good too. I really like that machine too. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So well, the uh, when yeah. we spun it up the first time to to kind of do the maiden hover, the first kit. I remember we got it in a hover, and and Kevin and I both looked at each other, like, "What's that noise?" Mm. And we were both trying to figure out, and then it, it finally clicked, like. That's the motor. Yeah, it's we're quiet. listening to the motor. Yeah, it was. It was crazy. It was. I mean, all you heard was blade and motor. That was it. That's awesome. Yeah, it was remarkable. 
no gears, no. No, not at all. Yeah, the, it what kind of fooled us at first. We we're like, is this thing got a torque tube that we don't know about? And and that that whine, that whistle was because of the motor. It was not, you know, because of the the gear train. Yeah, pretty crazy. I, I, I know we haven't gotten to the tail boom yet, but I'm um, talking about quietness i remember you telling me you're like you can't even hear like belt slap or nothing at all right and when you were telling me about that the first thing i asked you is i was like is this like a diablo because diablo uh when you bought their kits they came with a uh i believe it was cardboard and you just put glue on it and you shoved it down the boom and it the diablo was the same way you didn't hear anything but they added stuff to dampen the noise so i remember asking you about if they had anything in the boom and you're like there's nothing so hold on back up Complete sidebar. When you say cardboard, what do you mean? It's legit a cardboard tube. That slides inside the boom? Slides inside the boom, and the belt hits that, and it doesn't resonate off the boom. So it's completely muted it. So you'd be flying, and your belt's doing what belts do, and you wouldn't even know. Mm. And they, that's like Diablo's things. They did stuff to dampen the noise. Or to hide the noise, which is normal. Like, belt slap's normal. Like, there's nothing to be scared about. But the fact that you were telling me they didn't do anything, I was, like, really impressed. I was like, oh, so there's nothing dampening noise. This thing is just that quiet. Like, everything is just that well, I guess, thought through or made that there's, you guys are sitting there hearing a motor. And you don't even hear a belt slap on this thing. Yeah. (laughs) No. Well... And like uh, the, I always call it the Puma Nitro, sorry, but the Raw Nitro and the Raw 700. Well, that's not a good comparison. Well, I guess that's the only way to do it. Or the Puma, right? The Puma versus the Raw 700. uh, There is a diameter difference, right, between booms. And there is a size difference between the Nitron and this one, you know, being a full-size 700. And so the, the boom on the Nitron is a bit smaller in diameter versus, you know, the, the big boy. So. Yeah, but. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was interesting, though, that you were telling me how quiet this thing is. And there's, yeah. there's, they didn't do anything to dampen any noises. It was just this is how it's built, which is impressive. Yeah, there's there's a few maneuvers that I do uh, that it, it makes the heli pretty pissed off. And a lot of times you will hear some belt slap. And I never once heard that doing this. Yeah, like sometimes if you load up a heli hard sideways in like an aileron loop or something, you'll hear it up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get a little chattery. Anything that kind of tails on a lot of like uh, um, under a lot of like force, usually you'll hear it. But mm-hmm. I mean, you were telling me you never heard it. So yeah. And, yeah. and Cholo well, said the same thing too. So. I'm wondering if it has anything to do with that belt tensioner too, that That's automatic belt wondering. tensioner. Yeah, that could yeah. be. It's very because that thing's pretty cool. Basically, you it's 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 a, your standard two pulley belt guide that goes mm-hmm. in behind the main gear, except one pulley is fixed, and the other one is mounted on an arm so that it pivots. The, there's a, a long screw that goes through the fixed pulley, and the other pulley pivots through that as a pivot point and basically you run the belt through it just like a normal setup but then you once you get your belt in and you set your tension 
You then take and run a grub screw down that puts a, puts tension on the, on the spring that holds it in place, and you turn that. I think it's like two or three turns, and that really like takes the last little bit of slack out of it. But since it's spring, it still has give. That's probably a hundred percent why you're not hearing belt slap, because that's just that's compensating during flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it that's was neat. That's it, a, that's actually really neat. Yeah, Man. it was quite something. I you know I've I'd never seen that approach before, so no. that was pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, but circling back now that I've given you all the the you know the flight stories, uh, <laughs> just make sure please that you lock tight your swash and what i do want to add to this is on the uh swash balls right the the balls that you screw in um if you've been in this hobby for any amount of time you'll know that there's sometimes when you go to back screws out that you have loctited and sometime sometimes all the loctite is backed up to the neck of the screw okay it's not at the end of the screw. So basically meaning that when you screwed it in, the threads just squeegeed all that thread locker back up to the neck of the screw, right? And sometimes that can be bad. Sometimes that can bite you in the ass. So if it were me, and you know, I know we have people who listen to this show who are have been in this hobby way longer than I have, but if it were me, I would thread them in and then thread them back out and see where the Loctite is. All right. So Loctite it, rub it around on your finger, whatever it is, technique that you use, run it in, pull it back out and see where the, the thread locker is. If it's backed up to the neck, then you need to do it again because this, they, these parts are anodized. And you want to make sure that you have enough, you know, thread locker in there to make sure that these parts stay. And it's okay that it's anodized, but you do need to use proper technique with Loctite, whether you use 243, Red, Gowie, whatever it is you want to choose. But you just need to make sure that without a doubt, when you're putting this together, that it's, it's not squeegeeing that stuff back to the neck of the screw. Okay? So that's, so, that's my personal uh, thoughts. Uh, on the on the swash balls, real quick, since you brought that up, and Chris, you mentioned something earlier about how the kits come with everything kind of pre-assembled, so you can see where it goes. When you're putting the swash plate together, make sure you're paying attention to which balls go where on the inner ring, because there are two different heights of balls there: one set for the follow arms, one set for the pitch arms. So just make sure make sure you're paying attention when you put it back together. Sure. Yep. Yeah. And I I pretty much did one by one by one, and I didn't remove them all. You know, I just pulled one out, wiped yeah, it off with say. alcohol, Loctite it. I ran it in. I backed it out to see exactly where the Loctite lies, and if it needed more, I ran it back in. Right. So just be mindful when you're putting stuff like that together because. You know, it can bite you in the ass. Like, I mean, there are screws that can back out if if there's not proper technique involved, and uh, and that's just that just makes for a shitty day because then all of a sudden you're taking your stuff home in a bag and you're like, fuck, bro, you know. And your friends ordering another kit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, 
it's so nice to have good friends. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, so it all worked Kevin, out. You, you built the tail. I Why did. You tell us a little bit about the tail section. So, uh, same thing as a Nitron. Uh, very beautiful finish. Same as the head on this one. Very beautiful finish. Um, it definitely looks, you know, beefy. Uh, threads, of course, are anodized. Again, make sure you use proper Loctite, whichever one you choose. Um, but, you know, upon completion, everything was super butter smooth. Um, and it uses, of course, the lock nuts on the spindle. Now, on the Nitron, they do sell little tools, which uh, we have now, me and Ben and I. And they are 5.5 millimeter wrenches that you can buy. This one happens to be 7 mil. <laughs> and so I was like, crap. I'm like, we got to buy those tools, Ben. And so I understand the guy's frustration who, who posted that in, you know, RC Heli Hangout. I totally get it. I do. Because you can't run to Lowe's and buy these because the sockets are not shallow enough. Like, um, uh, help me out here, Ben. Um, they're not narrow enough. They're too beefy. Yeah, there's too much material uh, on the uh, ones you buy from Lowe's or whatever. Uh, the, the walls of these are very thin. And so you can't just go run to Lowe's and buy a seven mil, you know, wrench with the with length because it's still going to be too fat and beefy. It won't fit down in there. So you've got to buy these or buy the Scorpion if you can find Scorpion. I'm not sure Do they sell seven millimeter anyway. But if they do, you could you know buy those as well. Um, you don't have to over tighten those. Uh, I mean, definitely snug them up, but you don't have to overdo it uh, and really crank down on them. Because uh, it is a lock nut. But so, same thing as a Nitron. You are going to slide the little tool through the boom, you know, line up everything with the tail pushrod guide, and, you know, uh, put the screws through the boom, capture the lock nut, then pop that little tool off with your uh, uh, tail linkage rod, turn it around, put it back in, you know, tighten or thread down the screw down to meet the lock nut uh, on the other side, of course. And once it snugs it up, then you can pop it from the other side to release that tool that you slide down in the boom. Thought that was pretty cool on the Nitron. Of course, it carries over to the big boys as well. Um, and uh, Oh, point, point about that tool. So if you pay attention, that, that tool that you slide, the slide down in to put the, the pushrod guide in, it has holes cut in it. The mm, drill yes. holes in it. This tool is designed to be used with the push rod. And something we noticed that there is a set of holes in this tool for a bare push rod, as in there's you haven't assembled it yet. And there is also a set of holes that are for after you've put the threads on it. So that one set is a, just a plain old drilled out hole. And then right next to it, there's one with a hole with a little countersink inside of it to a smaller pilot hole and your push rod with the threaded assembly just th it, it actually threads, it threads into yeah the tool so you can actually push and pull on it right there so i was, I was gonna I say just, i think i like the threaded side better than <laughs> yeah like once you assemble it and you have it glued together if you take the plastic tail linkage off right and you can actually screw it into this tool run it inside the boom and 
you know, you can work with it that way as well. That was something that we discovered post Nitron. So the Nitron's the same way. Tool is made the same way. And uh, so you can, I, it seems to me that this is sort of a Tron-wide tool uh, and, and that's how that works. Just in case you ever get one, you see, what the heck's this little small hole for? It's post having built your tail rod and you can, you can screw it into that tool to be able to maneuver it in and out of the boom. Pretty darn cool, man. And because, because the boom is octagonal, it doesn't rotate. Like once you put it in the boom, there's no, like you don't have to, f to fight it to keep it in line. It can't turn. It's going to go directly in line to the uh, holes for the pushrod guide. Right. Versus like a round boom, you know, if they were to use that same yeah. style, you know, that wouldn't work the same. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I did the main gear. Uh, let's talk about that. So on the first kit, I was not aware that you were not supposed to remove the bolts from the actual main gear itself because it is a two-piece main gear that was CNC'd separately and they joined those together with screws. And just to get it out of the way, do not remove those screws. I removed one. And I noticed that I was pulling glue out with it. And I was like, this isn't right. I'm putting this back. <laughs> so I screwed <laughs> it back down in and I left it alone. And then later on, we found out, yeah, you're not supposed to take that gear apart. So Yakim was very, very adamant about saying, like, please do not take the gear apart. Now, the auto rotation gear, you know, it has the two metal rings uh, that sort of capture the belt and keep it in line. Uh, those have screws, but those screws are, you know, metal screws going into metal. So you do want to Loctite those. Um, before we go further, I definitely want to say that this is one of those kits that you don't want to rush. You want to make sure that you are cleaning every screw. They look good. Don't get me wrong. They're not over oily. They're not overly dirty. But you still want to clean them off with alcohol. Use your Loctite and then run them in, okay? So this isn't one of those kits that you can bypass some of those steps. You can, maybe you get lucky, and that's fine. But if it were me, and if it was somebody who, you know, does not, let me put it this way. If you're somebody who doesn't like to wrench on your helis, like after you've built it, and you want to just like maybe put a wrench to it after three flights to make sure all the screws are still tight, and then just fly it from that point forward without touching it, then you need to clean everything with, lock, or, uh, with alcohol and then run it in with proper Loctite, okay? So that's just me offering a suggestion. You guys, of course, can do whatever you want. It's your hobby, you know, whatever. But, um, but that would be my suggestion. So uh, there's a lot of bolts, so make sure you go through that main gear, uh, the, the auto rotation gear, of course. There are... Uh, some screws that go into the hub of the main gear. So make sure you uh, clean those off and lock tight those as well. Uh, it is a sprag, uh, which is pretty easy to use or work with. Uh, there are uh, bearing rings uh, that uh, sort of hold things in place. Uh, it would be wise to use green Loctite around the edges, let that set and cure so that they can't back out or move. Uh, that's what we did, anyways. Uh, if you take this apart, the, the hub, 
<laughs> you need to make sure that you put it back together correctly. And when you spin the gear, uh, it, it needs, you need to make sure that it is in fact locking up, you know, properly. Uh, cause I think at one point we got the sprag upside down and I was like, it shouldn't be spinning clockwise. It, it should have, it should be locking up at that point because it's, you know, spinning the entire, you know, system, right? The drive. And so it was actually just freewheeling. I was like, yeah, this is not right. So we had to take it back apart and, and make sure that you do that. Uh, but pay attention to whenever you're, if you, if you do take it apart, make sure you pay attention. So, um, I don't, uh, I don't think there was anything else that, uh, really was surprising about that. That was pretty straightforward, but the big thing was, and Joachim was making very clear is please do not remove the two halves, keep that together, keep the screws in there, uh, because they do use like a, uh, an adhesive of some sort to keep those together. So. And and to be to be bluntly clear, what he's talking about is the main gear itself. It comes as it comes assembled as one unit. Uh, there are a set of screws around the outside of the main gear that don't go into anything else, and that's what to, holds those two halves together. Right, the herringbone gear. Yeah. yeah. So let's see. Uh, I'm gonna let you talk about the ESC tray, but uh, the frames. Uh, again, something that I had mentioned in the uh, unboxing is the sides, uh, the edges. They did feel pretty smooth. I didn't feel like we needed to sand them. Ben took a look at them. He also was felt the same, that it was not something that you needed to sand. Uh, I know a lot of us old school guys, we worry about wires going over the tops of these edges and you know having things chafe. But once we got to the wiring, I don't think that that was really an issue anyways. Uh, at least how we wired it, but at the same time, you know, if you're going to pass wires through certain areas, it would be wise to sand those parts down, uh, but just pulling them out of the box, they aren't overly rough in, in any type of way that you should spend time sanding them, if that makes sense. Uh, but if you, once you get it together, you might start thinking about, okay, how am I going to wire this? Like, pre, start pre-thinking about it. And if you see that you need to go through one of the pass-throughs, then maybe just run a little sandpaper in there just to make sure that you smooth it out a little bit so that way it doesn't chafe any of the wires. So, but it was pretty straightforward. Um, it did have those... Um, they're like plastic standoffs to do the stacked frame, you know, style, where the the lower frames you know mount to the side of the the main frame portion and um those i think someone touched on that before uh and and it is a little tricky uh you do have to kind of find your own technique <laughs> of putting those together because all the little space where things can fall out and whatever and, and it's 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 a little fiddly i won't say it's not doable it's just a little fiddly, so you're gonna have to kind of find your own way with that. But uh, but other than that, the frame went together pretty smooth. Uh, there were a couple of the bracing that I think I had one where I was like, I don't know where this goes, and the manual seemed a little unclear at the time to me. But eventually, I found where it needed to go, and you know, all was well. But uh, but it was pretty straightforward. It's, you know, the the pictures and the diagrams and whatever it seemed to be. Um, in order, so I didn't have any issues with that. But um, 
Ben, you want to talk about the ESC tray? Uh, the ESC tray, I was pleasantly surprised to see two sets of holes pre-drilled in it. Not just drilled, they were, they were actually countersunk on the bottom too. Right. So they, and, it, and they included hardware with the kit to mount the ESC, which I thought was huge too. The two sets of holes that were drilled into it, one set is for a Hobbywing 200, and the other set is for a YGE 205 both of which are illustrated in the manual. But the fact that those were pre-drilled into it, you can bolt your ESC right to it. Uh, I that was that was awesome to me. Didn't have to didn't have to worry about drilling holes or doing zip ties or finding any other way to mount this thing. It just bolted right on and next. The only thing I will say is when you go to build this, mount the ESC or get the don't mount the ESC but get the screws in their holes before you put the mounting their frame spacers with holes on the top of them to put the ESC tray on right for the top and bottom ones the frame spacers kind of cover the holes a little bit so put the screws in for the ESC mounting before you put those spacer mounts on so that they're there and in place when you go to uh, put the ESC on. Otherwise, you got to, as I did, take it back off and take those spacers or the mounts back off to get the screws in for the ESC. Right. It's not right. a big deal. It's just something to know ahead of time. Right. And it wasn't necessarily outlined in the manual. So, you know, it was kind of like a put it together and all of a sudden you figure it out. You're like, oh, okay. I'm going to have to kind of remove this to, uh, to redo that part, you know, whatever, but, and it didn't take a whole lot of time. It was actually pretty easy. So no, 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 no. It took, just took a few minutes. It was just, it's one of those things that, you know, now, you know, beforehand, put the screws in place. Yep. Yep. Uh, so what's the deal with this main shaft collar bit? So the main shaft collar I thought was really cool. There is a, uh, in one of the bags in the kit, you'll find the main shaft collar and a shim you need to use the shim right the this this collar i i think it's the i think the nitrons collar has a flange machined into it to make it sit on the race right right the this one does not so make sure you put the shim in place first but the collar itself is fully split so you can actually remove it yeah, in and halves, right? In halves, it it actually comes off. You can take the collar off without having to pull the whole head off. So I, I thought that was a pretty neat way to go about it. In case you ever need to take it off to adjust anything, you don't have to pull the whole head off to to get right. that whole collar off. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, what about the battery trays? The battery trays are aluminum. They are anodized as well. Very sturdy, very rigid. They engage in the locks just as smooth as butter, or in the in the rails. They engage with the rails just as smooth as butter. And then there is a quick lock pin that's installed at the back of the frame to lock the battery tray into place. And it's just a, it's like a little quarter inch pin 
the battery tray actually has a little ramp too that goes up to actually help push the pin out right before it gets to the to the hole for locking it in so it, it's just one hand it goes right in boom you lock done yeah there's it's just as smooth as it could be yeah it's and and even pulling on the pin and and you know manipulating the battery tray and stuff like that very easy it was not or somewhere it gets kind of cockeyed and all of a sudden you're like, get the hell in there. You know, this was very smooth operation. So, um, yeah, pretty cool. I like that too. Uh, I mean, this is kind of working backwards, but in terms of when you open the box, of course, you know, uh, I think I mentioned this on uh, the unboxing as well, but um, presentation was as you expect. You know, there's, there's, it wasn't a mess by any means. Everything is very... Uh, tucked away and in place and looks good when you open the box. Um, you know, um, something to note, of course, if you're coming from SAB, the bags are not labeled or numbered or anything like that. Uh, so you need to definitely pay attention to what bag you're using. And of course, you know, uh, pay attention to what you're doing throughout the build as well. So, um, but I didn't feel as at any moment that it was any weirdness to it you know what i mean i think there was only like the one time where i didn't know where that one brace went in and like i say later on i figured it out so um but uh you know it's and and i'm not saying that it wasn't in the manual i think it was in the manual but it was in there in a way that i didn't quite see it and and i was like oh okay so it goes here all right no big deal uh so kind of my fault more than anything but uh pretty easy so but uh, presentation was good, you know, uh, not overdone. It was just enough. I don't need fancy stuff. I just need it to work. And, uh, and it, uh, it, it was great. So, you know, something, something we didn't talk about with the frame that I just thought of, the fly barless mount. Oh, right. The yeah. Tr- the tray that the fly barless mounts onto, most, most frames offer some sort of dampening in their fly fly barless tray mount and and most of the time you can either opt for it or not but this one i like the way this one was done so instead of uh as as uh, sab does with the like the post. vertical post mm-hmm. the rubber rubber vertical post which works it's a good system this one was done differently they they actually put the posts horizontally and used O-rings as a dampener. So the there is a pin that goes through each end of the tray that has O-rings on either side of it. And you control the dampening by either tightening or loosening a jam nut on these two pins where you can either secure it down tighter or let it be a little bit freer. And the tray sits on those O-rings and that's what your that's what absorbs your or does your dampening for that Fly Brothers trace system. So I, I thought that that was a really neat way to approach it. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. It's super neat that you can adjust it. Right. The fact that it's not just like this is set in stone, like SABs, like here's, like you can't adjust SABs. I like the fact that you can adjust theirs though. Yeah, it's like fully customizable to mm-hmm. to your Fly Brothers unit, you know, depending yeah, on how sensitive it, sensitive it is or, you know. Yeah, some are more sensitive than others. Right, yeah. I thought that was super cool too. 
Um, something I do want you to talk about before we wrap up, Ben, is I want you to talk about the wiring and some people might want to know, you know, what that's like, you know, when running the wires through the frame, you know, does it meet any areas that, or did you find that you were, you know, in concerned with there being any chafing or, you know, just kind of go through the, the, the parts of, of putting servos in and, and things like that. So the wiring for the servos was not bad. I, I got the wires to run through the, the bearing block and down the center of the frame. Basically, I just took them down the inside of the frame. There are mount points there to put zip ties onto. Of course, you want to use, when you put a zip tie on a wire, definitely, at least I do, want to wrap a little piece of Velcro tape or, or something around it to, to protect that wire from the zip tie. Right. But I take the wiring down and just follow the guides, and it takes it right into where the fly brothers tray is. So the servos, the servos were not bad. The ESC being the longer run, uh, I kind of had to stop and think about how I wanted to do it. There is a recommended routing guide that is included in the manual, and and I pretty much ended up following it. I ran down the, I, I came out of the back of the ESC and went through the inner frame, if you will, and those standoffs he was talking about earlier to get the split frame. All I did was I ran the wiring down the inside of the top of the outer frame. And there was only one point that I kind of got concerned with, and that was going back into the frame, into the inner frame to go up to the fly brothers tray. Right. And I actually used, I have some, this like uh, mesh looming, um, this like plastic mesh looming. And I just put a piece over top of it to to protect the wiring in that pass through and then everything kind of comes up beside the tail tail boom and up up to the fly brothers tray there so it it, it took me what an hour to wire it yeah hour yeah. and a half it wasn't it wasn't awful it no really i mean considering bad. the fact that we've never wired one of these ever you know so and, and so when I'm putting mine together, it might turn out that you're like, you know what? Hey, I see a different path. Let's do it this way. Or, you know what I mean? So now that yeah, you've done it yeah. once, you know, I, I think it would go much faster. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. The first time with anything <clears throat> takes you the longest. Right. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Cause I, I just kind of, I just kind of had to sit back and kind of come up with a plan of how I wanted to do it. And once I saw it, I was like, all right, we'll do it this way. And yeah, like you said, it was the first time you got to figure it out. The next time, now I know how how I'm going to do it. And there's always more than one right answer with those two. Not everybody's is going to be the same. Right, right. Okay, so uh, wrapping up, um, you know, like we touched on before, you know, the herringbone gear meshes well, and it's it's super quiet. It's I mean, all we heard was motor and blades, which was pretty awesome. Uh, Ben had some batteries on hand for us, so he had the 4,000 milliamp uh, 12S packs, and so that's what we ran with, uh, but they're graphene packs, so they're pretty heavy to begin with, uh, and the heli came in about 12.1, you know, uh, here he has 12.2, but I think it was around 12.1 is what we were really weighing in at, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
but uh, we both agree that it was super locked in. It was very stable. Even on stock settings, we hadn't done really a whole lot of tuning. And just aside from putting in uh, numbers that we're used to putting in on 700 class helicopters. So, you know, we kind of have our own, we are our own little bracket of numbers that we start with and, you know, move from there. So, um, uh, Ben, you wanted to talk about uh, pinion sizes and things like that or? Um, well, just, just touch on it. So it comes with a, it comes with a 16 tooth pinion in the box, which gives you a 9.43 to one ratio. They have optional, a 15 and a 17 tooth pinion, depending on which way you want to go. We found that on 12 S running up 550 KV motor, the happy spot was around what? 2000. Yeah, it was somewhere in the 2000, somewhere yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. So I was I was flying it around between 17 1800 RPM and it felt fine. It it felt just as locked in as it did at 22. I think at one point we had it up above 23 just messing <laughs> with it. And it was it was just it felt consistent all the way through the RPM ranges that we tried on it. It doesn't feel like a super heavy machine when you're flying it around. It doesn't have that that like overshooting mushy feel that you sometimes get when you go with larger batteries or or something to make it more hefty. It didn't have that. And even with these 4000 packs too, and I think some of this is attributed with that herringbone gear being as efficient as it is when I was flying it around at 17, 1800 doing, you know, basic circuits flip here and there. Um, I think I was getting what, like a seven, six, right. seven minute flight out of it. Yeah, it was, it was over seven minutes, which was pretty remarkable. Uh, the also for anybody that's curious, the tail ratio as it comes set up is 5.03 to one. Yeah. Yeah. It's it was it was good. I I didn't feel as if any tail authority was lost or certain uh, maneuvers that I do to see if the tail will blow out, and never experienced that. Never experienced it. Uh, now I'm talking about the first go around, not the second go around with the the new kit. But uh, when we had the seven uh, shoot seven twenty ones and the one sixteen tail blades. I didn't feel as if the tail was wandering or anything. It was deadlocked the entire time, no matter what head speed I was in. So, uh, there was something I wanted to talk about in reference to, oh, right. So something that Ben and I both felt about this heli, and this isn't a slam on anybody. We're just trying to give people an idea. Um, what we noticed at, at 2250, uh, it felt very similar to like a raw 700 on 2400 head speed or 2300 head speed. So it, it, it seemed as if it was running a little bit lower head speed and it was still performing in the same way that you would expect a raw to just slightly less in head speed. So I wanted to point that out as well. Is there anything else you would like to add, Ben? I think we hit the 
I think we hit the the points on it. It's 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 a beautiful machine. It's both in appearance and in performance. There was really nothing that between the two of us we did while flying this thing that it didn't just shrug off and keep going on. Uh, like you said, there was no there was no uh, odd tendencies or weird things out the gate that we immediately needed to start trying to tune out. Uh, I, I, in fact, I think the only thing we had the very first takeoff was a blade slightly out of track, which you just take the little turnbuckle tool and pull it in and you're good to go. So right. uh, honestly, it's very solidly built machine. And I'm looking forward to continuing to fly it some more, getting to know it. All right, let's give it the Barstool Pizza review. What, what's uh, one out of ten? What are you giving it? I'm going to give it... I give it a solid eight. I, uh, ten would be pretty remarkable, right? Like that, I don't think anything's a ten because there's always certain drawbacks. TRD. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm with Ben. I give this a solid eight, and that's a pretty high praise score. And I say that because, like he was mentioning with no tendencies, when we put it up in the air for the first time, my first thoughts were, I feel like I can beat on this right away, and I don't have to get to know it. Like, it just, it just was like, okay, let's, let's do this. Let's rip. And... You know, the way we had this set up, too, just so other people know, is we were running it with a YG-205, but we were using the NeoGov. And there's something about that combination that the governor never lets up. What did we drop, like 40 RPM? Maybe 100? Oh, yeah, I think in the hardest, hardest maneuvers, we might have seen 100, 150 RPM tops. Uh, variants. And that was being pretty aggressive. I mean, that was like a, that was like a, a full collective, full stick send, not normal flying. Right. Like being abusive. So yeah, I, I mean, again, it just, it, it felt good right out the box. And, um, you know, I know we've mentioned SAB helis. There's a couple that we talked about like that as well. So it can be done and this one. They achieved that. And uh, that's pretty awesome because it it felt like a a nice you know well worn pair of shoes. You just slip them on and just freaking hit it, you know. So um, man, I mean, kudos to you guys. It's it's a good machine. Again, thank you very much to Yakim, Dario, and Ricky for allowing us to uh, have this opportunity. Um, I hope you guys get out of the kick out of or, or get a kick out of all the uh, problems that we had during the review. <laughs> And uh, but I, I think it goes to show our our dedication to trying to uh, uphold our end of the bargain with you guys of uh, getting a review out there for you. So so at any rate, uh, I I think it's awesome. And uh, if you guys are interested in you know getting something like this or, or getting into the Tron models, I I highly encourage it. I, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Uh, and uh, and good luck to you guys. So. Anything else you want to add, sir? Chris? No, I'm actually uh, not surprised by what you said because even the first one, the build quality was pretty good. Yeah. And 
I, I think they kind of just nailed on this one. And there's parts on this that you were telling me that I didn't know about. I didn't know you could take the middle pin out on the head and that the flat barless uh, dampeners were adjustable. So there's like little things that I'm like, mm-hmm. it's just good. They're, they definitely went through and thought it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very cool kit. I, and it's cool too because I think it could be a really well-purposed machine. Like if you want to do f3c type stuff i think it's very capable of that it's very adjustable and you know of course you know if hard 3d too you know and that was something too it did come with uh 70 durometer and 90 durometer or was it 80 durometer it's it's a 70 90 shore yeah set up out the box and so you know ben ended up ordering the 90 durometer uh but we flew it initially with the 70 and 90s and i it didn't feel I, i'm building mine that way i'm not going to worry about um, putting the 9090 what, in there what blades did you run so this we've sabs right yeah we ran the sab tw- uh 721s but we also used 713s and what were the what was the very first set of blades we used that was 713 xf 713 xf okay yeah yeah so maybe that's why cuz i uh, i've noticed completely off topic uh, stiff dampening is usually helpful with, uh, like Revo blades are a little more flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple brands out there are a little more flexible. So like a rigid or a rigid head that like the blades kind of turn into your dampening. And then sometimes with other blades that are rigid, you need the head to dampen. Okay. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yep. Makes sense. Totally. I mean, I, I got the, I have the 90 short kit. I haven't put it in cause I haven't felt the need to. But I definitely intend to, in the future, play around with the different setups. I want to take that center pivot pin out, since I typically fly at a lower head speed anyway, and just feel it, see what it feels like without that center pivot pin. And definitely want to also try the the 90-90 setup and see which, what the different feels are. And like you said, you know, the, the, the more little more flexi blades might appreciate those more which i think i have a few sets of some flexier blades that we can try out with that as well so we're still we're still playing around with this thing and and doing more testing and finding out what it can do yeah 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 so very exciting again thank you very much to tron helicopters for working with us here at the helihead show we appreciate it very much and we look forward to uh, doing future things with you guys. Um, if that is all we have, then uh, Ben, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this helicopter with us. If you would, sir, if you would like to share how people can get in touch with you. Um, I know that he is readily available for YGE questions all the time. And uh, But uh, if you want to provide people your information, take it away. Absolutely. Happy to be here tonight enjoyed hanging out with you guys um the best way to get a hold of me is just going to be to hit me up on facebook the old facial book to shoot me a message <laughs> and, uh, i'll get back to you very like good he's, like kevin said i'm more than happy to help out whenever i can or at least try and point you in the right direction right sounds good and if you would like to get in touch with us here at the helihead show you can reach us at the helihead show at gmail.com you have any show ideas or if you'd like to be a guest we would certainly love to highlight you and uh, allow people to get to know you through our show and maybe close our friend circle a little bit tighter so you as well can 
know a bunch of people in the hobby, and uh, we would love to highlight you. So get in touch with us. Let us know. And uh, what else we got? Uh, don't forget to like our Facebook, follow and subscribe to us on Podbean and iTunes. All right. And then, uh, shout out to all the other heli podcasts and video personalities in the hobby. Give pew, them a like. Pew, pew, pew. Is he still around? He is. He's working hard, though. Mm, so. Yeah, we've all been is, there, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is his slow season, too, because, uh, you know, they get buried in snow for like six months, right? So. Yeah, I know yeah. the feeling. I was like, yeah, you going to this event? He's like, nah, man, I'm done for the year. And I'm like, man, we're just getting started, bro. Yep. So Gotta go south. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, uh, all right. Sounds good. Uh, Chris, what else we got? Club donations. Yeah. Throw the clubs a few bucks. They keep having us at these events. The least we can do is help them out, too. And also and... help the Reyes family. Yes. Please help those guys. They need yes. our love and attention. So. If you can help, please do. All right, we got some parting words. Parting words. I'll start. Can okay. I go first? I'll go first. I'll make it easy. Hashtag three McGregor pipes, please. Oh, heck yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Hashtag Nitra Hilly broke. Yeah. <laughs> Still working on that. And I got a new one. Hashtag old school N5C. Yeah, man. 2024. Looking forward to that. Yep. That's all I got. Yeah, don't be a dummy and crash yours into a wheat field like I crashed my Vibe 50. Mm. Yeah, don't do that. No, I think I'll I'll, I'll be able to take care of that one. Cool. Mm Mm-hmm. All right there, Diamond in the Buff. (laughs) Hashtag, I love my Nitro. Hashtag, two plugs is better than one. (laughs) Hashtag, I need to fly faster. Hashtag, I don't know how these guys do it. Hashtag, I'm going to fuck up a kangaroo. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hashtag, Operation Down Under. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Hashtag, Assert Dominance. And hashtag, I'm ready for a fun fly. I don't even know mm-hmm. how I'm going to follow this. I have no idea. But, mm-hmm. Ben, do you have any hashtags? Oh, I got a couple. Hashtag, Gowie glue that bitch. <laughs> Hashtag I need to fly more. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag I'm feeling advanced. Hell yeah. Ooh. That's all I got. No, you don't. You get. Well, come on, get in there. <laughs> no, no, you gotta live with it. <laughs> Hashtag I'll go ninety percent. My dog. Him and him and Cholo. Hell yeah. All right, so let's wrap this up. We got uh, hashtag I got gringo ninjaed. Uh, hashtag boom hugs. Hashtag anyone seen my boom? Oh, and this is a new one. Hashtag invite Ben over for pancakes and bacon and he'll wash your car. <laughs> what? <laughs> I knew it should have been suspicious. Yeah, so I messaged him this morning and I was like, hey, bro. Fixing some pancakes and bacon. You want to come over? He's like, man, you don't have to ask me twice. So he comes over. I give him some like, here you go. Would you like some milk with that? Here's some syrup. Here's your fork. Anything else I can get for you? And he's like, man, these things are good. They taste good. And I was like, cool. I said, you see that bucket over there with all the like the car cleaning shit? Grab that and we're going out to the front. (laughs) (laughs) 
trash. I was like, bruh, you fed me full of pancakes and syrup, and now I gotta work. <laughs> like, it's sleeping time over, now. It made you bend over, uh, I mean, it was oh, it yeah. was a, it was a total charity cause because it was for my wife's car. It hadn't been washed in six months or something, and uh, she absolutely loved the favor that it was completely clean when we were done. So, uh, so yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. But yeah, poor guy, he thought he was coming over for free lunch and I freaking put his ass to work. <laughs> I'm surprised, man. Uh, You'd be like, oh yeah, sure, I'll get it clean. Let's drive it to the car wash. Yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, I told him like from now on, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, you want to come over for dinner?" He's gonna be like, "With what oh, conditions? No. Like, what? What's the contingency here?" Pressure <laughs> wash from the house today. Yeah, what's the clauses? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's too funny, man. All right. Well, we got uh, hashtag hurricanes have never destroyed my heli this bad, and I got hashtag I miss our ninety percenter. Love you, Cholo. Hey, this has been episode one hundred and seven. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. Laters! See you.